And so we got for the hosting side, Arian Messi Kamesi, Big Bill McCarthy, your boy Six Pack Lapidat, and special guests, my friends. Special guests, we got the IPF number one ranked 63 kilo lifter in the world. French sensation turning into a freaking social media star, Leah Bavois, and uh, the leader of the French Revolution himself, Penna. How are you guys doing? Great, thanks. Good. I'm strong, thank you. What about you? I'm not doing bad. Yeah, I mean, it's only it's six thirty over here. Holy smokes! It took a minute to get this thing going, right? Eh? But um, yeah, I'm not doing bad. I'm doing good. You guys just had so the competition you guys just had was that wasn't was that French Nationals or am I mistaken? That wasn't French Nationals, right? No, no, it was not. But you guys it, had all the French stars there. Yeah, it was a meet that the federation uh, did for all international lifters. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that would make sense why all the French stars were there then. Cause you guys had like all the big names of France or no, if not all of them, a lot of them though. And I mean, me and, Pe me and uh, Arian were just talking before you guys came in, like, holy smokes, this France got some shooters, man. Like we were talking about 2019. What did you say, Arian, that they were for the men's and the women's? What were the stats you were saying in the 2019 World Championships? Yeah, I went back to go look at the uh, the team points, and I saw that on the men's side, it was only one lifter. Was uh, Pana was the only men on the on the Open uh, Classic Worlds, and on the women's side, they got fourth place. So it was USA, Canada, Bryn, and then France was fourth place. And now, when I look at Team France. And 2019 is not a crazy amount of time ago. Holy freaking smokes, man. You guys have like, uh, just Penna yourself, dude. You went up 56 kilo on your total. Um, I mean, it's, it's nuts, but not just yourselves, though. All of Team France, I feel like there's like shooters everywhere, man. When I first had you on the podcast, Penna, I was like, what's going on in France? Because I thought 2019 was pretty cool with the showing. But since then, holy moly, has France stepped it up. Yeah, I, I, you, it's not me just coming. It's French is coming now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's not just French. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's get this out the way. We got to bust Bill's chops. Let's get this out the way so we get the elephant out the room, and then we can then we can talk about the performances and talk about France and where we're going. But um, the one podcast that you had said, Leah, you had posted saying, "All right, King of Lifts, you were cutting weight, and you were like, um, what was the quote? What?" What was the quote? Um, you you. Oh, it was um, she did she didn't even bother to make weight. That's right. That there it is. You know, can I, can I tell you something? I knew what the quote was. I just wanted you. To <laughs> and can I say something else? I remember it a little differently. I remember. I remember it now. It's starting to come to me the the full picture. Aaron, you correct me if I'm wrong. I remember him saying too. Um, Penna won't even sniff sixty six kilo. Is that was that right? He said that, right? I don't remember that. I don't, know. I don't want to make anything up, but I remember that. Here's something else I remember. Again, if I'm wrong, you correct me. I remember him saying, and this is what was most offensive to me. Him saying, and Penn is a nice guy. I can't believe he said this. <laughs> he said, he said, and, and France isn't a race, but this is borderline racist. <laughs> This is borderline race as far as I'm concerned. He said, 
that French fry is <laughs> is a little heavy on saturated fat. And that is what really bothered me. <laughs> and that is what bothered me. Okay. And I was like, Sir Penna could not be a nicer man. And, and, and he said, Listen, if Penna weighs in as an 83 kilo, I'll be shocked. And I was like, Holy smoke, sounds too much. So there was some offensive things said um, all around. And uh, it is what it is. You know the Michael Jordan meme, right? Am I wrong? Did I remember? Arian, did I remember that wrong? I don't want to say anything. Give me a second. Give me a chance here, please. I'm here. Do you remember that? I'm sorry. Give him his. Give him his 60 seconds. You're on the clock. 60 seconds. You're 63 seconds. I'm on here. I want to apologize to you. Okay. I take full responsibility for what I said. It's not okay to talk about someone else's weight. Okay. I completely understand that. I really, really, really feel terrible about what I said. So I am very, very sorry. Okay. I really hope you can forgive me for what I said, because I feel terrible. Um, for the last 10 days since we talked last, I feel terrible the whole time. So I do really hope that you can forgive me. Uh, he's going to make me cry right now. I'm sensing. <laughs> his, his, here it is. Yeah, don't need to really. Actually, Fana and I, we, we really make fun about it. Like, at the moment, it upset me because it, I feel like it was very unfair because you didn't look after why I was at 64 as it's meat. And I didn't need to cut weight. I didn't need to be at my body weight at 63. Um, yeah, and talk I was, about that. You had said, because um, we didn't know this actually, that competition, just for background, actually wasn't weight classes. It was only on Wilkes. Yeah, it was on, on Wilkes-based. Yeah, so, see, we didn't... podium. Yeah. And, and it was only in wheels. And I was like, okay, I'm going to cut a little bit because I wanted to uh, know what I was capable to do near my body weight at 63. But I was like, I don't really need to be at 63 because nationals were supposed to be like one month after. So I was started cutting yeah. uh, and I needed to make weight for nationals, but not before. And but nationals has been canceled because of the second London in France. So when I hear that, I was like, it's fucking unfair. Like, <laughs> you're like, hey man, that's not the story. You know, <laughs> there wasn't weight classes at this. Here's the thing. I'll I'll say this for Bill. Here's what I'll here's what I'll say though. Um, he he was saying because I it's in context, out of context, it's it's worse, right? In context. Um, we were trying to decide who was the lifter of the year. And I think Rory was saying, Leia Babwa. And, um, and Bill was saying, I have to grade her as a 72. Um, I can't grade her as a 63. So then as a 72, I won't say lifter of the year. And I think that's what he was saying, right? But when you're on the podcast, you shoot from the hip and you, and you give it pointed to make it, you know, just to be like, why? Come on, stop. Why? You know, that's how, hey, I'll tell you what. I've been in situations, I, um, in 63s, it was Sam and Jen Milliken. It was the U.S. Raw Nationals. I picked Megan Scanlon to win and to beat out both of them. And uh, they damned if both of them didn't listen to that podcast and damned if Sam didn't win and be like, what's up now? And then <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And then uh, Jen Milliken came in second and then like, said something like keep talking podcasters and all the comments were like tagging king of lips, king of lips, king of lips. I'm like all right all right had them both on the podcast and um 
and like they're they're all like like whatever it's sports talk they were taking it seriously but i had to eat my crow and i was like uh and sam they, we were going through i remember matt gary was on the podcast as well and matt was like bringing up certain picks that were on nationals like, yeah i didn't get that one though yeah, I didn't get that pick right either. And then Sam's like, how many picks you get right, right? And I was like, oh, right, all right, I deserve this. She's I, I don't understand why you pick Megan because she had a huge, huge squat. And, but like uh, in bench and in deadlift, um, Samantha is very good in bench and she has way, way more lift in, uh, way, way more advantage in deadlift. So yeah. like I was pretty sure like Samantha will win. It's that's the thing when you have a big deadlift, you get to you get to go last, and it's uh you know what I mean. So um, yeah, I picked wrong there, and then Jen Milliken stepped in, and and she also beat. I think Megan was injured or something. I think there was a story there. Not that it makes whatever I picked wrong. It is what it is. But yeah, they both they both got the shots in. The worst though for all time was, and this was totally this was different. This wasn't even I had my three picks and I picked the wrong one. I didn't do my homework here. This is 2017 going into the world championships. I was running the IPF Instagram and for the battle of the 52s, I posted the three top contenders or I think maybe it only posted. Yeah. I think I posted three and I left off Joy Namani, which now looking back, well, she's a two-time world champion in 52s. Like <laughs> now looking back, it's ridiculous. It's like you are an idiot. Like, but at the time if i could go back in time i left her out of the discussion so people in the yeah. comment section were like damn ip and this was ipf this wasn't even king of lifts or myself they're like damn ipf is like you know looking past joy and i'm like oh shit i think i dropped the ball here and then on the live broadcast i asked joy um so she did what she did she got a bronze medal but a whole bunch of medals every single event she got medals she came into the live broadcast while i'm on the air because i'm the commentator sits beside me for the next session she's going to be my co-host like ah shit they got joy as the co-host and i'm like oh i'm a we're going live and she just totally make me put my foot in my mouth and she's sitting beside me i shit you not she's got like like every medal she ever won on her chest beside me. And I'm like, all right, what do I do here? I'm just going to break the ice right off the bat, get it out the way and be like, Joy, it was me. I think you know it was me. And I I dropped the ball. I didn't know what I'm doing. And she's like, it's okay. You you ate your crow. It is what it is. But um, yeah, man, you get rough. But to be honest with you, to be honest with you though, I think that um, that's like your job as like uh, an analysis or a powerlifting specialist or even general sports specialist. But I think that you even when you like you you get some ego downs, etc. I think you make way more good than you make actually bad because if the person at the end of the um, I don't want to say insult, you know, but at the end of the shot, let's say or the person that doesn't get mentioned or whatever, uh, has really a mindset or a top guy uh, mentality, they won't be like, oh, fuck that guy or whatever. They're, they'll be like, oh, okay, he said that about me. I'm a, I'm a proof of him wrong, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's exactly what happened in this case with Leah because the day when you guys uh, made the podcast, um, she was like furious, to, to say the least, she was furious. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, no, I think the, I the correct word so is furious, and not not you know, she, like you you said some really nice things about her, but the yeah. only thing she remembered obviously was that sentence, you know, That's and it. so 
it, 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 she was like, okay, I, I'm gonna shut his mouth, you know, but not in a bad way or whatever, but just like, I'm gonna behave in a way that will show everybody that I'm that person, you know? And I think like the example you just gave with Joy, et cetera, that's exactly the same thing. So maybe when you say that comment, you're like, oh, maybe I offended that person or maybe that person has resentment towards me or whatever. But I think it's more like that person is like, thank you in a way because because you said what you said, I had to act the way I, I acted. And in a way that's, you know, it, it sets a nice up. circle. It's where you have me in hot bath cutting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the hot bath. Like whenever she was hard, I was like saying, I was I was telling her, oh, she didn't even bother to cut weight. When she no, it's it's like, Bill's like, I was like, <laughs> Bill's like, look, I said it once. You said it yeah. like 15 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay? I'm trying to be good on the podcast. I need, I need sound bites. Yeah, okay. We really yeah. miss that shit, you know. That's a t-shirt. Kick. We're coming out with a t-shirt, by the way, and it's going to be a really good seller. I swear, I was on the hot bath curtain with um, with Tana's girlfriend, Nistui, and I was looking at Nistui, and I was repeating. <laughs> oh, my God. Because you know how hard is it? And I was like, no, you can't, you can't give up. You have to make one. You have to make one. <laughs> so Bill's, Bill's, Bill, Bill comes on here. Bill's like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He goes, This is our victory, right? Yeah. This is team teamwork. French now. Teamwork. This is teamwork right now. now. This is teamwork right now. No, um, so I guess yeah. I actually need to apologize to the rest of the 63s in the world. That's right. Now you're just, you're basically yeah, just yeah, getting yeah, your ass yeah, yeah, kicked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now they're all going to be mad at you. Because yeah. of something I said, she's fired up and now you're yeah. all so, She sorry, was going, guys. she's going to go 69. She doubled back to 63 because Bill, <laughs> Bill had to light that fire. Um, it was good fire. Though, I don't know how long I, I waited for. I was like, I, I talked about about it to Rory actually, and I said, like, oh, I listened to the podcast, Laura, and we talk about it, and I was like, wait, I have a meet, and I'm gonna tag them. <laughs> so, so Rory knew this whole time. Rory, you be Rory, our Rory. You know, <laughs> we got a double agent, fellas. Keep the, that in mind. We got a double agent. The the French. Uh, he's not the French coach, but he's like the guy who handles everything for him friends and he was the one organizing this event and he was like you know guys you don't need to make weight just it's just a meet for you guys to you know and leah said like 15 times uh, <laughs> don't worry i won't be at 63.0 i'll be at 62.9 because i want to make weight with a margin you know and so she repeated like 15 20 times like for during the whole weekend and the guy was like you know don't be don't beat yourself too much like there's nothing to win just for you and she was like no oh, don't worry don't worry i'll, I'll make weight don't worry and he didn't even understand why to be honest Liz, like you got no and, idea and, and what did she weigh uh 62.9 62.9 that's surgical yeah. that is nicely done um to say to your point uh panda when you're talking about you know when you're doing a podcast even when I'm doing the, the commentary, not to throw anyone under the bus, but I've done both commentary and podcasts with certain people on. And if I'm doing commentary, you can't be too worried about how it's received. You have yeah. to say, even, even, even our judges. All right. Mm -hmm. Here's what gets awkward. I, there are times when the judge is sitting like 10 feet in front of me. You can't tell when you're listening to it, but they are right in front of me. And if I look and I don't think they got the right call, I'm going to say on the worldwide broadcast, you know what? That looked good to me. 
you know what? I don't agree with that call. Wow. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not in that chair. And I I'll say that, but I need to say, you know what I mean? Or if you play it too worried, it doesn't, it's, it's not as entertaining, right? You got, and if you're doing a podcast with picks, you better make your picks. You better not, or, or, or fire it with confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like say it and throw it out there in, in sports. If, if I'm doing anything regarding sports, whatever I say, I feel like I'm going to say it with sports. And if someone got upset, you could always talk to me and it'll yeah. only ever be sports. So I know we're going to patch it up because in the end of the day, I mean, I talk to you and Leah, um, like in the DMS and stuff like fairly often. So, you know, like if there's something you could be like, I could hit up Ryan and be like, Hey Ryan, when you said this and you know, it's all good. It's never going, it's only sports. Right. So there's something there as well, but, um, yeah. Anyways, it was, <laughs> it was, was like, could you, could, could you imagine like you're at a soccer match and like, you know, you're doing the commentating and like, of course you can talk trash about the referees all you want. Cause they're, you know, you know, hundreds of yards away on the field, but could you imagine if you had like a mic in their ear and they're listening to you like, Oh, that was a terrible call. And the guy's like giving you the finger up in the you know, stands Dude, or whatever. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is awkward when, um, yeah, they're right there. Or if like a coach drops, if a coach on the national team drops the ball and does a poor selection, and you're like, this sh she or he is pulling for more than they need to deadlift. They don't need that much loaded on the bar for the win, or if they're going for third, you know, bronze or whatever. They don't need that. I I I don't totally throw them under the bus, but I have to say, because the viewers are like, what am I watching here? And I will say, well, that's a little bit of a that's an overshoot. They loaded the bar with more than they needed for the medal they're going for. And if they if they just barely miss it. You know, there's a little hitching or whatever. That two and a half kilo might have been it. You know, I hate to say it, but I got to say what's happening. Now, now, Bill's saying, imagine if you're the coach's coach in the coach's box and you're hearing Ryan say that behind you, like as your lifter's going out, you're like, yeah, oh, you're like, oh I, I screwed up. You're like, oh no, please get it. I've actually had coaches afterwards tell me, um, listen, I dropped the ball and I think you said it, but my lifter got the actual lift and he goes as soon as i realized what i did i was like oh god please get this so it becomes a moot point <laughs> you know get the bronze get the get the gold whatever you're going for and then nobody cares history we've seen it actually four golds and whatnot where someone had it slightly more than they needed to for the win they got it it's no longer a story it's not even a story well they won anyways but if they didn't get it and they barely missed, it would have been like, what the hell was that coach thinking? It would have been a whole storyline. Yeah, I remember in, um, actually in Canada, um, um, I don't know how to say his name. Is it, is it El Baghetti? Is that how you say his last name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, French. Um, Isn't he French? Yeah, yeah he's French. So, so he was um, pulling last. He was going to pull for the world record. Um, and they, you know, the, the French coach, and I don't know who it was at the time, put the number in but they didn't chip it. They put a whole number above it. Oh, wow. And like, you know, they loaded the bar and I was like, hey, chip the number, chip the number. And he runs back over and it was too late. There he said, bar's loaded. And he was like, oh shit, you know, what kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, he, he, I don't think he would have pulled it either way, but um, uh, yeah, it was just yeah, a yeah. funny thing where I was like, hey, chip it instead. He's like, oh yeah, he runs over and you know, it was already too late. But If you, in that situation, you're the coach, you want the lifter to totally not get it. So it wouldn't have mattered or get it, but no in between. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think one failed his last attempt because of that. I remember that story, and he failed. It was more that three hundred or something like that, and he 
you just need like 298 or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't get it. And he, he get mad. He get very mad. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, was right Sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now that Leah mentions it, I think there there was like a, a small beef between him and like not 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 you know an open beef, but like um, yeah, well, you always can... talks, you know. And he was mad because yeah, because of that quote unquote mistake. Uh, he, I, I remember he didn't make the lift, and I think yeah, he got so, him out of placing or something like that. Yeah, also, for the third place, he, he got that lift, and he didn't need like that amount of kilos. And he missed the leave and he, he handed forth. But he got his word before. He already did it in the first or second lift, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was something yeah. like that where he only, he only needed to chip it or whatever and they put him yeah. up a whole number, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it got him like out of the medals, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. So that's heavy. Like, but that, that... <sighs> when you're in the fire of the moment, you know, you, you don't realize. And uh, probably if um, the guy handling him was the guy I think he, he was, um, you know, um, he's um, he's a, a a guy, and at the moment, I know he probably didn't even realize that he was pulling on the world record numbers. So he was like, um, you know, right? Yeah. So it's look at here. It is even no matter what in any sport, even the best coaches are going to make a mistake. There will be human error, yeah. and I've seen some of these coaches at the world championships. I remember seeing um, Justin Reeson for the, for team Canada. And he looked like he was in tatters when I seen him in the warm up room. I'm like, what's going on, man. And he's like, I am like not sleeping. I'm crunching numbers. I'm up early. I like, uh, you know, you can go to bed, but it doesn't mean you're going to fall asleep. Like there, if you have too much on your mind, there's too, if you miss a call and you can't sleep because you're going to replay it over and over. Cause it's not you, it's the lifter. And you're like, fudge i just dropped the ball for this lifter that's it's tough man and what do you do like d as the lifter you're like i get it you made a mistake but i'm i may never be here ever again do you understand i might only this might have been it i might have made the team and i may never make the team again it's not a for sure and if you drop the ball do you stay mad at him do you forgive him what do you do what would you guys do as lifters yeah and it's it's easy when a coach has just like one or two lifter like in not the way the same way class but when you have uh like 10 lifter in so short time and you have to handle them and they're in the same class weight class like it's so much stress and you can understand that they're still human and can make mistakes so. yeah yeah I, I actually have a funny two funny stories so that happened at the arnold classic in spain in barcelona like last year and so at that meet i was competing and coaching because um Two of the female athletes that I coach, uh, Noemi and uh, Caroline, were actually competing there. And so um, I made a mistake um, as uh, the coaching staff when handling uh, Caroline. And I got a mistake on me when I was competing. So what happened with Caroline was um, she was about to open, I think, her squat with 140, 145, something like that. And so we were um, switching with a Russian girl, uh, I think the 57 uh, world champion. Uh, back then, um, uh, the Russian girl, I don't remember her Ina. name. 
Ina. Yeah, Ina, Ina, yeah, Ina. exactly, Ina. So she, we were on the same rack with Ina, and so you know it was really crowded. Everything was going super fast, and so uh, Ina was loading. Her coach was loading the plates really weirdly, like no twenty fives. He was like putting twenties and then tens and then fifties, fifteens uh, uh, on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Leah above was loading, you know, and um, so it was hard for us to count to to make the counts, and it, it was to go, it, we we had to go super fast, and so Ina was actually opening heavier than Caroline. And so he, the other guy I was handling Caroline with, he's like, okay, put this weight, this weight, we we make the chip and then uh, she does the warm up, and we go we go there. And so I'm her coach, He she hits the warm up, and it's hard. And I'm like, okay, what's happening right now? Because she's supposed to smoke that weight, that's her mm -hmm. opener and it's hard, like way harder than it's supposed to be. And so I'm staring at the bar and I'm like, Okay, we made a mistake. So she actually just squatted uh, what was planned to be her second attempt. Oh, <laughs> in the warm-up room. Her competition's already started. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> she's you know, two two attempts and, deep. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. And shit. she's and she did like I think a twenty-five or thirty kilos jump uh, above that, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like, oh fuck. And so I, I'm watching the other guy, and I'm saying to him, okay, I think we made a mistake. If you count the weight, right? It's like 150, 155, something like that. And I'm like, so what do we do now? And he's like, don't don't tell her. And you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, if that would happen to me, I think I would have the coach staff tell me because that will explain why that attempt was way harder than expected. You know, because if you think you're hitting 140 kilos and you hit 150 and that 140 is hard, you know, I'd, I'd rather people tell me, don't worry, it wasn't 140, it was 150, they'll smoke that on the platform. And so, I thought for like 30 seconds and then I go straight to her and I'm, I'm telling her, you know, okay, we screwed up. Um, that weight wasn't the weight we wanted to be. It was like your second attempt uh, selection. And, you know, she, she was like, okay, oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay then. So she was, she was like super reassured, you know, and actually her meat went like perfectly fine. And she did, I think three, three on three on squats, et cetera, et cetera. And we actually bumped the attempt selections because uh, of what she was doing at the, um, at the warm in the warm up room, and so Thank you know, no, being an athlete, she was like, "Oh, okay, that's great." <laughs> then, it would have been nicer if you would have been like, "Hey, listen, you just hit your second attempt in the warm up room, so your opener is just going to be your third attempt, and we're going to go for like all time." <laughs> 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 like, you you only do two squats. No, <laughs> you're pacing for a phenomenal day. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and actually, when when I I told that to her, she was like super reassured, and she was like super nice because she wasn't like super mad at me and, and like, "Oh, you guys screwed up, fuck you, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. She was like, "Oh, okay, don't worry. Then, okay, I'm reassured. I I know why that was harder than what I." expected so i'm great and i'm feeling good so yeah it, it will go okay and it actually went okay because she she did like her best meet to that date and he she did three three on three on squats so that was amazing and so i don't remember if it was the next day or the afternoon that was me competing and so uh, i was actually against uh hassan and uh we we had like an opener on the deadlift that was like a fake opener like 10 or 15 kilos sneaky, under what i wanted sneaky. yeah sneaky and so uh, I'm warming up and I took, uh, I think I took 250, 250 something for my last warm up kilos. And so I, I go to open and I see on the, um, on the board and I see 255. And I'm, my girlfriend and the same guy that was handling with me uh, earlier uh, were, were here. And I'm like, okay, what happened guys? Why, why am I opening this low? And they were like, okay, so 
we may not got to the table in time to change your opener. <laughs> so you have to take that at attempt. You're like, joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, it, I got super mad for like 10 seconds. And then I was like, okay, fuck everything else. I I'm going to focus on that lift. And so people were like, why did you look so mad going onto the, pla onto, on the platform? And I think I, I couldn't hide my, my madness at that time. And so it actually derailed all, all of my attempt selection because um, I, I wasn't, uh, I, I was having grip issues uh, back then on my deadlift. So the, the strength, quote unquote, wasn't the real issue. It was really my grip. And so I, I wasn't going to, you know, make crazy jumps because of that. So I also mm. had to take it conservative. So that really derailed what I had planned, but I ended up having a nice day. So I got mad for 10 seconds and then back on track, you know. It is like, it's, you know, I've been, okay, I've been in both situations before. Like, the, if you were in, is it Carolyn? I'm probably not saying it with a French. Is that, is that what her name is? Caroline? Caroline, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know who, okay. I know who you're talking about. And um, yeah, she's another shooter from France, by the way. Yeah. But um, I've been in those situations, both handling and the athlete where you see it. If you get some news like, Oh, I just lifted more than I needed to in the warm up room. You know, when some, you know, sometimes when something negative happens and you can't let it go and then you replay it and it's in your mind now. And then Bryce Lewis actually talked about it on, on the podcast and now it's in your mind and you're like, now when I squat, it's like I'm squatting like instead of three attempts, like five attempts, I'm going to be tired. Like I'm lifting way heavier. By the time I bench, I'll have done five attempts and I'm going to be tired. And then bench comes around and you're salty and you're thinking about it and you yeah. can't stop. You're like, stop it. You're, I'm being negative. Stop it. But then there's something about pressure. There's something about like just when you're in the moment, sometimes the negativity can have a momentum. And then when you're in the deadlifts, damned if you haven't convinced yourself you're tired if you haven't convinced yourself like i'm on like my 12th attempt now it's like no but it's you it's really i can feel myself sometimes doing it just in day-to-day -day life too this could happen by the way but um in a competition just your senses are heightened for sure um and i've i've caught myself and be like stop you're yeah, negative talking you're negative talking stop it if you want an out like there's no such thing as a perfect day. You want everything perfect or else now you have an excuse. Is that what you want? You, you'll never have that day. You'll always have a reason to have a shitty day. Every time you go to Instagram, there's always like, you know, this happened and then that happened. And you know, probably would have, it's like, what are you waiting for? I've, yeah. I've never seen this perfect day in my life, you know? But um, even if it isn't perfect, like you, you make do with what you got. Um, but yeah, let me tell you one story before we move on to your guys' days. I, Cause I want to hear about how your guys' days went, which by the way, was fucking phenomenal. And I'll, let's talk about the weight cuts as well. But, um, probably the worst case scenario, I was watching the Olympics and it's the Canadian track team and it's the relay race. And we have no business being in this race and being competitive. Okay. And like, we're going to get our asses whooped. And Team Canada has the race of their life. And everybody watching is like, oh my God, what is happening? Four guys passing a baton. They cross the finish line, bronze medal. And it is like a mat. The Olympics, these are four schmoes. This is like, this is like us uh, on the podcast right now. Us four passing a baton. We got no business being here. You understand? And then they're like, holy shit, we just beat, like I, the teams they beat would have like, had beaten them so many times earlier that year. So like we got a bronze medal, put a pause on that. 
they do a freaking review. And you know, in the track, if you put one foot outside the line, I mean, just a smidge outside the line, DQ'd. So they literally were celebrating a bronze medal. And these guys are never going to see another Olympics again, let alone come close to a medal. And that poor son of a bitch who put his foot just a smidge out of line, got his whole team DQ'd. And then they put the cameras and the microphone in front of his face. And he's like, what could he say? The only thing he said was, and this like broke my heart. He's like, I guess I'm just going to have to live with that. He, and, then he, and then he paused. That's he's hard. like, and then he's like, hopefully they'll forgive me. And then, he paused, and then he paused because the rest of his team lost their gold medal. He lost their bronze. Oh, the whole team loses. And then he goes, pauses again. He goes, hopefully I can forgive myself. <laughs> and it was like from here oh, to God, like, God. I'm ecstatic to, oh my God, I want to cry for this guy. I want to find this guy on link on Instagram and be like, bro, we're still proud of you. Don't, don't do it. He's probably a heroin addict now, Penna. He's probably, this is years ago. He's a right now. He's homeless, but he's, he's working at Wendy's and he served me fries. Okay. It's, it's yeah. very French fries. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I man, it's different, you know, when you're on that level, like we're talking Olympics right here, you know, I think when you're a powerlifter, when you, when you, like screw meat, even if it's not your fault or the coaching staff or whatever, you know, and I think it's not always the coaching staff, you know, it's always like split or even if there is a mistake, like you could have been, you could have done better yourself. So it's not always the coaching staff, you know, uh, but you gotta remember and, when it's bad, it's the coaching staff. That's exactly it. And you know, that's the mentality I just hate, you know, and we had that back some years ago in France. And right now we no, we never see none of that. You know, you, you just have to take credit when it's yourself, but also when you're missing something, it's yourself, but also you have to also take credit for the, the, the job you do um, with your coach or with the team that's handling you. Uh, because for a team friends, that's the, the team that's handling you is not the team that coaches you. So it's two different things, but you know, it, we just work all together and just have to make it happen at the end of the day. And, you know, when there's a mistake, there's, there's a mistake. You just have to live with, with it. And as the guy said, hopefully in our case, you know, it's not Olympic uh, level. So you just go like, Instagram rant, oh, uh, I wasn't wearing the right underwear. And, you know, there was a guy in the audience that that walked away when I was squatting, that, that got me distracted. And, you know, my feet were cold. So well, you've been here before. Feet. Yeah, You've exactly. done this before, so, have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, oh, we all did at some point. And then you realize how cringy it is and that you have to, you know, own up to it. And then you just move on, you know. So that's that, if, if Pena ever puts an excuse on Instagram, we're all coming for him. Yeah, we, yeah, got yeah, those. For sure. we got the list. Yeah. <laughs> if he has a bad one, I'm like, what happened? Did someone walk away on your squat? <laughs> you off, man. Who was that? Who's eating the popcorn so goddamn loud in that deadlift, huh? <laughs> Am I right or am I right? You know, you know that at the gym, we actually like put the, those jokes between us. We're like, oh, what's wrong today? Your underwears are, are sweaty. And you know, we, we, always, we have those jokes on us. We're like, okay, past 6 p.m., the crying office is closed. Yeah, yeah the bar rolls. Like when you go to squat something or P seven or or eight and it's an absolute render, you're like, oh yeah, but the bar rolled. So bar moved. That goddamn <laughs> okay. yeah, bar that moved okay. a foot, didn't it? Didn't that bar yeah, move yeah, yeah. goddamn yeah. foot? Didn't it? And yeah. it was like, I don't know. It looked pretty secure. Okay, for sure. Bar rolled. Well, or someone calls you at that time, and you know the music goes off, so you're out of the of your of your mood, Dude, or you know. Hey, bro, that's real though. 
<laughs> that, that is real yeah, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're mad. knee deep in, a, in your gym and then yeah, yeah. someone freaking calls you, like, what are you yeah. doing right now? Yeah. God, yeah, yeah. I, the worst I, uh, when I was in high school, we have a Canadian football league and um, our, 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 our math teacher was on, he's like a big Husky dude. Um, this is like American football, right? And I remember him telling me like the whole class, he got pulled up from the minors first game in the pros 20,000 people in the arena on national television. He, they were like, Holt, take it into the end zone champ. And he cut through the line, meeting the end zone quarterback throws that football. It's coming straight to his numbers. And he's, this is the only game he got called up in. He lands this. He's going to be called up the rest. You know, his, the contracts on the table. History is different. And he goes fucking missed the ball and he's swearing and we, he, that's the way he said it and we're like we're in high school it's not like we're children but still we're like holy shit he goes i still wake up and think about that right now <laughs> he's like i missed the ball he's like i i i my, he goes here's how the story ends fellas I never got called up again. That's the only game I ever played, by the way, because they threw me the ball. There's a chance. Figuratively and literally, we're throwing you the ball, Holt. Don't let us down. And I dropped, fumbled it. I mean, it is what it is. Some things are tough to deal with, right? Yeah. Um, have you guys dealt What's uh? You guys got anything you want to air out there, Ari and Bill? You guys have been a little quiet when we're talking about fumbling the ball here. You have it. You have any fumble the ball stories at the major stage? Sure. I mean, I got mis- mistake stories if you want to hear. What, what's the what's one that you could get back if you could? What's one story that you're like, that's one I'd like to redo. That's one. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's anything bad, but the one that, that I remember was back from uh, 2015. It was back when Palfting had just started. Dinosaurs were still roaming the earth. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> no, it, it was a, a North Americans 2015. It was my second year like doing international meets. I was an assistant coach for the team. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> It was a lifter's second attempt deadlift. They did 170 kilos and they like missed it uh, close to lockout. And I, I always bounce back and forth between kilos and pounds. So I'm thinking 170 kilos is 374, 375 pounds. And by bouncing back and forth for the third attempt, I put in 175 thinking 375. Like I wrote down 175, oh, turned no. it in. So we, so we go to the warm-up room. We're waiting for her turn to come up again. And we're just like waiting back there and everything like that. And then, <laughs> then it's, then I don't even realize that when it's coming up on the board, I don't realize 170, 175. And so they find loading it up and I see them loading 175. I go, no, you guys are loading the wrong weight. It's supposed to be 170. And they're like, no, the screen says 175. So I go over to the scoring table and I say, hey, I put in 170. Where's the attempt slip? Their attempt slips are like a huge mess. It's not an order or anything like that. They can't find it ever like that. And, and I said, I'm going to the jury and I'm protesting. Oh, no, <laughs> you made it wrong. You know when you're wrong and you're escalating it only to make it worse for you later? Oh, this is this is hard to listen to. So I, I, I run over to the jury and I'm protesting. I'm like, hey, I put in 170. My lifter missed 170 in a second. I put it in for a third. They're loading up the wrong weight. They can't find the, the temp slip. So they come over to the scoring table. They stop the meet. They go through. They're going through so all the watching. Everyone's like, Everyone's like this. Oh, all, all, all six people in Moose Jaw are watching yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're still for the, talking about it in Moose Jaw now. So they, they go through all the temp slips and they finally find my attempt slip and they show the temp slip and it's it's my handwriting oh. and it says 175. Oh. And I was like, 
Oh man, I loaded it the wrong. You turn to the live stream. I'm an asshole, guys. Thank you. I'm an <laughs> asshole. I'll see myself out. Thank you. So, so I, I, I told, I told them sorry, and I, and then they're loading the weight up, and I told the lifter like, hey, sorry, I meant to put in 170, I put in 175, and, and she's similar to like what Panna said. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm gonna go out there and try and pull it. And she went out there and similar to the 170, like got close to lockout, but her back was too round and she missed it. Yeah, you're like, if you get this, you make it right for both of us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I need this more than you do. Trust me. I care. I care more than you think I do right now. But, but that's a, actually a, a important note for everyone. I was even thinking about making a post or a video about it is about like knowing your kilograms. We're so used to pounds here in the US and sometimes in Canada, sometimes in Britain, so used to pounds that that was early on. I had done, went to my first international meet in 2014. That was like the, the third one I've ever been to. And so being around more kilogram plates, I had to learn uh, while loading weights in the warm-up room. And I had to also learn through that mistake because you have to know your kilograms or you have to have the actual like chart on your phone or, or on a piece of paper. Because so yeah. many people screw up, like, like Penny was saying too, you know, loading up blues and yellows and greens and you load up, you know, the wrong attempt on there. Damn, man. We, we you- always use kilos and we sometimes get, get derailed when, you know, when there's blue, then there's a green, then there's a yellow, then there's black, then, and you know, you're like, oh, fuck. So yeah, I, I think for you metric guys, it, it, it has to be like even worse. Savages, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing, I remember hearing a story from uh, Sweden 2019 um, with the masters actually, where there was a bench press going on. So there's like, you know, obviously there's a bunch of different masters groups going on at the same time at world championships. Right. So it's not just like one lifter per team going, right. Some of them have like three, four, five going multiple platforms, whatever. And I guess one of the coaches got the cards wrong. So, you know, the, the woman went up and she was, you know, her first attempt was like 47 and a half kilos or whatever. And the coach looks at the sheet and puts it in like 85 kilos for the next one. But it was like the other, the other woman on that platform or whatever that was doing it. So then of course, like, you know, it's, two times her max or you know, it's like 200% of her max. It was like, well, I guess you're setting this one out kind of thing. So I actually don't know what happened with the two of them after that, but I just remember hearing that story. I was like, Oh man, that's a big mess up. It's not like five kilos like Arian where it's like, okay, maybe she has a shot at it kind of thing. This is like, no, this is going to just crush your sternum. Basically. I, I do remember that now that you mentioned it, it's like we, we have all this, the temp sheets like printed out. And sometimes you have like eight or 10 lifters on two platforms going on the same time. And they must have mixed up those attempt slips. <laughs> I've, let me give one in there just so I'm not that guy who's like, I'll, I'll give a story. So I, uh, one time I was, hand, this is like years ago, I was handling a shitload of people, all the same flight. And I, I remember I asked my buddy, um, what do you want on your squat? And he said like 500 and whatever the hell in pounds. And I quickly looked at the conversion, but I, so I was converting it, converting it, converting it. And I'm, you're rushed. And then we're almost like out of time because you only have a minute. I asked him how many, and he said 500 something pounds. I wrote it down and handed it over to the person. And it was like, so it would have been like 520 kilo. He's like a 70, he's like a novice 74. And, and thank God the guy who took it looked at it and looked back at me and said, son, you don't want to do this. <laughs> He's like, read the, it's going to take an act of God. <laughs> you, know, you must be very caught. I seen his second lift. It wasn't that fast. It wasn't that fast. Taking a 300 kilo jump from the first to the second. 
that's a 300 kilo jump, son. You better, you want to take a minute. I'm like, thank you for not loading the bar with that for God's sake. But um, imagine the situation. They actually load the bar and they're like, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm in the back trying to tell this kid, how bad do you want it? How bad do you, anything's possible if you believe. Right? And he's like, that's everything on the stairlift. It's a lot. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm like, we're pulling for the win here, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Those loaders would hate you though, loading up all those reds, yeah. and then and then you don't come out. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're looking at you like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> That's how we're gonna finish the day, huh? All right. All right. I wanted to get out of here. There's traffic, but I guess we'll load and unload your freaking. Okay, that's good. But um, that's yeah, crazy. let's talk about. So let's talk about this competition. Um, both you guys obviously did the weight cut. How did this weight cut go? Who wants to go? Leah, how did, how did your weight cut go? This fabled weight cut? How, how many kilos uh, did you have to cut? I cut, so I started my cut, I was 65.2 uh, the night before. And I met 62.9, so I don't know exactly how much weight. I'm very bad at math, sorry. <laughs> so I can't help you. <laughs> Um, but when, yeah, I started my cut, I was 65.2. Actually, I prepared myself for that cut. I was ready to make it because, so the first cut I made, it was for, um, Europeans and I was absolutely not prepared for that. Like, no way. <laughs> so until, uh, Europeans, I didn't need to really, um, hard cutting. It was quite easy just with water loading salt and stuff like that what well, it was enough and at europeans um i had my period the d day oh and no yeah so i uh when i went to sleep i was at 64 and i woke up with my period and i woke up at 64 too oh no reading water retention when i had my period and so I was like, like how I'm going to make it? And I was super stressed and everything. And so um, Pana's girlfriend was there and she said, okay, we're going to do bath. And I was absolutely not ready for that. I was absolutely, I didn't know how I would feel or whatever. Mm. Um, so I did bath and I did like, to be honest, at least eight, eight, ten baths to make weight, just one kilo cutting, uh, because I was losing losing what one hundred grams by one hundred grams. Sometimes I was doing bath, I was not losing anything. Oh god! And so, uh, and we were running out of time because the way in was like maybe I don't remember exactly. Maybe it was at nine a.m. and I had until ten thirty to be there. And this is maybe, the morning of this is the morning of the competition. Yeah, the day. Oh, of the, this was the morning. This was the morning of the Europeans competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Euros, this is international. So. This is a yeah, big is competition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so at ten a.m., she was like, "Okay, we can't do anything now. We have to go because we have like maybe 20, 20 minutes driving to the uh, to the meet." And when I leave uh, the, com the the hotel, I was at 63.2. I was like, okay, <laughs> I go, whatever happened, I go. And I, I feel like so much stuff on me. And 
and scarves and everything. I was totally dehydrated and it was awful. <laughs> and I made it. I made like 63.00. Oh my God. I arrived like maybe 10 minutes before, like after it was over, I, I couldn't wait in. And I didn't have time to refit correctly. And I started to cramps and everything during that meet. Was, so it's so weird because I did my best international meet because I did, I hit a world record that day. And at the same time, I have so, so much bad memories about it with that cat. And so for that day, for that meet, I was like, okay, I know how it feels. I know I have to prepare myself. So it went really okay. It was, it was okay, better than what I thought. And actually, Fana thought like uh, I wouldn't made it, and I made it. <laughs> and it yeah. counted you out. You know, uh, you know, I, I told it, I told that uh, myself to her because I wanted to, you know, to apologize, like Bill did. I wanted to apologize. <laughs> what, because... is, what is going on here? We're all doing like an apology. Like, yeah. listen, I just want to, I cut someone off yeah. earlier in traffic. I, I'm an asshole. <laughs> He's listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but you know, uh, like Leah said, I, I remember that uh, one time correctly. And to be honest, I, I don't want to say that because, you know, she's my friend, obviously, but, and an athlete that I coach, but she, like that event at Euros, knowing all of the stuff that you guys know now, you, you, you're like, holy fuck like she did that in that situation in that scenario because like she she when she, they left the hotel uh, they said to the um, the french coach maybe leah won't make weight and the guy like just lost his temper he was like fuck you guys with your water cut things you know and oh, he, shit. he got he got mad because uh the day before uh full explore uh, full closure uh, i went to the hospital th the day before because i got sick while water cutting uh, like I, I got something there virus something like that then i still did my water cut then i was vomiting everything so i couldn't refeed so i ended up at the hospital the day before ah. um so you know they weren't that happy and so they were like what is going on with the workout things etc cetera, etc cetera. and then leah comes in and she's like maybe i won't make weight but oh. you know it's because she she had her periods etc cetera, etc cetera. and so she, they arrived like 10 minutes before the end of weigh-in and like when leah got weighed and she was like at 63.00 she like yelled in the whole area everybody was like what's going on because like she yelled super hard super loud and everybody really? was like what's happening what's happening i was so happy yeah, My so God. that was that was rough. And oh, I thought she was around. yelling at the coach, like "fuck you." No, no, no. She was like, "Oh, fuck, yeah." She was happy. She, was she happy. had him against the wall. She, what the fuck? Uh, did you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's an old school guy, but he. Sorry, what? when I was when I I saw that I may wait, I was just like, okay, the competition is over. I may wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's an old guy, like old generation. So, um, he he wasn't aware of like a lot of. The, the training that we do or the water cut strategies etc etc so you know when we all came in like two three kilos heavier than our weight class uh, he was like what's going on you know and it took some time for him to totally understand what we we're doing but like he's on our team like 100 and he agrees with us right now and so like things are way smoother right now than they used to be because i think actually lee her performance like proved something because although the cut was that hard and she was like beat up by it she like 
handle it like a champ because like she said she came in like 10 minutes before the end of weigh-in and the i think the weigh-in um, uh, goes uh, one hour and a half so which means that she had only 30 minutes to warm up to refeed and to warm up oh. with a really a hard cut and so she managed it and she squatted the world record she deadlifted the european record and she did total the world record total so doing that with this with those circumstances you know you're only like okay and this is why it helps anything even more mad it's knowing that and when i heard bill say she didn't <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like you're like leah's like if i get my fucking period leading into this bill is never gonna let me down bill is never yeah. gonna let that go but, but to be honest with you i think leah was prepared was prepared to make that cut whatever the cost you know oh yeah uh, like really to be honest with you really and like like she said uh, it's not that i didn't believe that she was able to do it it's just that you know you know at what weight you go to bed you know probably around what weight you'll wake up at and you know yeah. what you can cut with bass and so yeah. doing the math the day before i was like this is going to be this is going to be rough and to be honest she handled it like way better than than the the, the time the time prior to that and she really handled it like a champ so so I started to count like the day before and I was 65.2 and I went to sleep. I was 64.8 and during, no, 64.6, uh, something like that. And yeah. the night um, I, I lost almost one killer and I woke up at 63.8. So I only had a 800 crimes to cut on the morning. So that's quite okay. But... Um, I don't know what happened. Well, maybe it's because uh, I put the heat at maximum in the bedroom and I covered myself with everything I could uh, to stay warm and to sweat during the night. So, yeah, it was it was easier than what I thought. And I was very happy to handle that cut. And even after, I started to have a little bit of cramps uh, during the meet, but I'm very happy the way I handle it. And... So yeah, very happy with that cat. And I think I will just improve the next one. And I will make weight. I will bother to make weight, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you will bother. You will bother. Look how you worded it. I will bother. I will bother to make weight. Um, it's funny, uh, a, a couple takeaways. When you were saying how the French national team coach was like, what's going on with you guys? I, I know what he means. Like, first off, if it's like anybody, like it's like Leah Bob was not gonna make it. That like, god damn it. He's like, no. Of all, if you're like the coach and you're like, who's not gonna like if anybody's name's gonna cross your table, they might not make it. It's Leah's. You're like, oh god damn it. But on the flip side, if it was you, Penn, and you're there, if he's saying it to you, you'd be like, homie, I'm about yeah. to make you look really good right now. Okay, just take the wheel and cruise this thing and park it for me because I got her ready for you. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna look really good as a national team coach because everything we did leading into this. So don't look at me like that. Like, what are you guys doing? All right, like you, 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 you get the finished product. But um, also, so there's a yin and the yang there. But also, when you guys are talking about how you know, just experiences, what you guys have done, what you've overcome in terms of adversity. I've said it before and I'll say it again, like anyone listening to this, if you're going to weight cut in an international competition and you're gonna fly the whole nine, please do practice this. Cause mm -hmm. Penn had said, 
we knew how much to anticipate Leia was going to lose overnight, how much she can anticipate in a bath, how much she, you can do the math and be like, we've done this before. We've got this down. Other variables pop up. That's life. But you know, within reason, at least if another variable pops up, Leia now knows mentally, I have suffered thought, oh my God, I'm not going to have the strength, hit the platform and I broke world records. Now I know. Next time, like it gets easier and easier when you're mentally go through things. Everything gets easier the more you do it. So, and, and another thing that this proves, because some people I've heard say, well, they don't want to practice water cutting because it depletes your strength. And I'm like, you gain back your strength literally in two hours. If yeah. you're, this isn't going to mess up your training block in training. I don't want to practice weight cutting what the water cut too much because it messes up. Leia smoked world records that day. You know, like you bounce back from dehydration very, very quickly. We're not talking and, about- And she did the meet she was supposed to do. You know, she wasn't like 15 kilos behind her best. She was doing exactly what we thought she was able to do, like because of what the training block was showing. So it wasn't that she was having, you know, it's, I, I don't want to say that because I think it's easy to say, you know, yeah, you have to have that mentality. It's easy. Sometimes, yeah, if, even if you have the mentality, like I have the mentality to squat 400 kilos, like if I do an attempt, I don't think it will look pretty. That's obvious. But I think within the reason of what you can do physically, if you have that mentality, like you said, you know, with that um, negativity, like circle, if you start to be like, oh, I'm cramping. Okay, because I'm cramping, I won't be able to squat the way I used to squat. So my squat won't be the same. And then because my squat won't be the same, my total won't be the same. And because I'm not happy with my squat, my, and you know, and you're fucked and it's, it's over before it's, it's even begins. And um, when I see, and what happened at Euros for me was Leah revealing that, you know, she had the mindset because not one thing was going okay for this water cut and she managed everything. Like imagine the stress of being like, okay, the water cut, the, the weigh-in ha have started. All my competition is weighing, drinking, having fun, enjoying, relaxing, getting warmed up. And I'm still here in a hot bath, sweating and not even sure that I'll be able to make weight. And, you know, she, she went all through all that and not even knowing to the last minute if she will make weight. And then from there, you have to go from, oh, will I even do the, comp the competition to, oh, now I have to squat the, uh, the world record and then to total the world record. And, you know, things go so fast. So I think if you don't have that, that mental fortitude and that confidence in yourself to be like, whatever happens, I'm going to make it happen, you know? So, yeah. And one thing that you said for me is really... Maybe if you guys want, we, we can discuss that a little later. But even if you have a counter performance on the day off, let's say of 2%, I'd way, way much other, rather have 2% less on my total the day off and not having to do like a, a, a quote unquote a cl a classical cut with like caloric deficit for six weeks and then have all of my last training sessions like not go well because of that huge caloric deficit that I have to go through. And I much rather mentally have only good sessions and being totally okay with my body and having to suffer a little bit of the day off because of the water cut, et cetera. And maybe counter performing for 2%, something like that on your total, but you know, having all of those great uh, session training sessions because you know how hard a caloric deficit can hit you, whether it be the, the recuperation aspect, the, so the, the injuries, the bad sessions, your mood also. And, you know, that's really linked to a heavy confidence boost when you go into a meet with like awesome training sessions. You're like, okay, I'm unstoppable. Whatever happens, happens. And when you go into a meet like beat up, huge caloric deficit, 
your mood is all over the place. You can't have a conversation with anybody because you know you're all like oh, grumpy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and then you you hit your the meat and you're not the same anymore. So there's a that's better. There's a basement to it. Um, I, I'll let you guys talk to. I know you guys have seen some some water cuts as well, Aaron and Bill, but. There's a basement to the calorie deficit thing. You can drop your body weight, but to say like, I'm going to come in at 66 kilo. If you walk around a 70 kilo, 70 kilo might be as small as your body gets while retaining strength. There could be a huge drop in terms of your body's strength. When you actually walk around at 66, your body might be like, listen, homie, you might look diced, but you will not have strength below this. This is where it is. So if you want to go any lower, it's got to be water. It's going to be dehydration. That's what some people don't, you, if you're not used to weight cutting, you might say, why don't you just weigh in on it? On the, And you might tell the person, the weight classes are so big. The yeah. closest I can get to that particular weight limit is this is my body weight. If I want to have any kind of strength worth showing up and the rest I got to make with water. Easy enough to say, just diet the rest off. I'm going to be the, the, the strength loss once you hit a certain level, everyone's got that number. It's like any less than that, and we're in big trouble. Um, so it's it's more complex, man. And the weight classes are so huge. It's not like we'll just go up a weight class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seventy four. You know. Yeah. And then you, you're man. against guys that are like seventy seven, walking around seventy seven and water cutting to go to seventy four. So it's almost twenty if, pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Like one forty five to one sixty three. It's almost twenty pounds. Sorry, go ahead, Leah. And even for me, like six to nine, it's a huge gap. How like, six, six kilos, it's like 10%. To my diet and anything, I reach like 66. And even at 66, I don't feel great. Like I feel... <laughs> <laughs> this says the woman who just squatted over the uh, 72 kilo world record. I was going to say, I was going to say, listen, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't want to jump ahead, but whatever, we're here. Let's talk about it for a second. <laughs> Your total would win, like it looks like it's, it looks like you could win the 69 kilo class with your 63 kilo total. Like Kimberly Walford po competed the same weekend and her total is quite a bit short, smaller. Now, I don't know what she, maybe she wasn't going all out or whatever. It's, it's not the same as when you're head to head. I know this, but you could argue that, you know, you could win the 69. Have you thought about like, have you thought about that? Uh, I think like, you should go back to back days. Actually, I think you should just go sixty three yeah. on Thursday, sixty nine on Friday. I will uh, wait. You know, sixty three point one. That's right. I, I'm not sure about that. Like Kimberly, she has so a huge deadlift. Like she will always have the hand, even if I'm sixty nine. So I don't know. <laughs> what was her total, Arian? Do you know what her total was when she had just recently competed? I forget what it was. And I do you, think do you want to punch uh, that in? Does someone want to punch that in? Uh, I don't know if it's uh on open powerlifting. Yeah, I don't know I if thought, they post the results. Let me look. I thought it was 530 something. Like I think it was somewhere know. around there. And then what what Pete was saying was what uh what someone posted was her third squad. I think maybe he thought that she didn't actually get it. So I don't know gotcha. if that was correct. But let me see real quick if it's on open IPF. You, you would Based off of that, you would have a sizable jump. But based off of her 72 kilo performances, uh, she did one seven. Uh, she did 532.9 total. Right. Well, listen, I got news for you. On her her best day, and this is Kimberly Walford. I'm not saying this disrespectfully. She's the goat. I've said it a million times. But her best day as a 72, which is now a weight class and a half up. 
you still out totaled it. I'm just throwing this out there. Now, I, I think I would love to see you go as a 63. You got unfinished business there. 63 is it's it's one of those pop in weight classes. And then if you want to go up, um, now you're starting to collect world titles and, and things are getting spicy. But, we, uh, we were talking about it with Pan actually, and I said like, um, I might start 63 for word and I might go at 69 for Europeans and not cut so much. But um, it will be, it will happen one day. I will have to go up at 69. Like I, I know, I know I won't be able to stay at 63 all my life. Um, but well, we will see. <laughs> Maybe I will need some challenge at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was going to say they have the benefit of like, you know, multiple European meets plus they have the Arnold Spain where, yeah, you could go 63 and 69 the same year to like, you know, go after multiple world records and stuff. Yeah. That's, That's actually what Joy was doing. Like Joy was doing worlds at 52 and yeah. Europeans at 57. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know we were talking before about the water cuts real quick. I wanted to kind of throw this in with, because now we kind of got into the world world championship talk you know in, you know water cutting at international meets is like a completely different animal right so you're not really you know doing you know your your home bathtub or your home shower or whatever it is um and then so i don't know if you, either of you guys have been to belarus before for a competition yeah. but the meat hotels did not have bathtubs the sauna yeah the sauna the, the saunas are only um they're co-ed saunas, so it's one hour male, one hour female, back and forth. Oh. So um, just make sure you guys do a little bit of homework first before you uh, plan on uh, October's competition, because I know we had quite a few kids in the juniors and sub-juniors not make weight uh, last time we were there for the U Team USA, because, oh. again, they just didn't have you know access to a bath or a sauna, so um it gets a I mean, little bit it, rough so the, the same thing happened in uh finland in, in 2015 because they had like you know the standing showers in the hotel and then also the sauna being bouncing back between men and women and uh we may have had a lifter like trying to stuff towels over his shower uh drain to try and like flood his shower so he can at least have some standing water may have caused some water damage at the hotel i mean that, that's one of the weakest things like you have to have some degree of stability because of the water cut so like you said either a hot bath or the sauna that actually works and uh i think the um, one thing in lithuania this year for euros uh so last year obviously uh was the the water wasn't that hot so because the water isn't that hot it takes like way more time to sweat yeah. the amount so not only you have to make sure that the hot tub that you have a hot tub but also that the water is hot enough and also that you don't have hot water restriction because if you have water, hot water restriction and you need multiple baths and the water like gets cold, then you have to refill it. And if you have hot water restriction, then you're actually that, that's a wrap, basically. So, that's yeah, I mean, son. yeah, I you mean, have like a, a kettle on the stove with the boiling water. You're dumping yeah, it in yeah. Water. <laughs> you know, you know, we, we actually did that at a meet in France uh, because uh, the, there wasn't enough hot water. And the guys, you know, it was like local meat uh, before COVID, etc. And the guys had rented a place for like 12, 15 lifters, all friends, you know. And so the guys, there were guys that weren't uh, doing meets. And so they were taking hot showers, having fun, et cetera, oh, no. et cetera. And then the morning <laughs> oh, of the meet, fuck. the what guys that had to... in there? Like, yeah, man. <laughs> the morning of the meet, the guys that needed the hot bath go into the bath and they're like, 
the water is cold. What do we do? <laughs> they they call the guy from the Airbnb, etc. And they're like, yeah, you know, we have a hot water restriction. So if you used all the hot water, then there's no hot water for you guys. <laughs> and so they were in the morning, you know, with the with the what, what's what's it called in English? Uh, the thing oh, where you bucket? know you make the pastas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yes, pot. Just, so a pot, yeah. they had the pot. So all the pots uh, in the microwave on the oh, on the goodness. oven in order to make some hot water, and so. None of them made weight that day. <laughs> Dude, when you said they were, I, I, when you said there was like 15 of them, I thought it was like just 15 dudes, just dudes being dudes in the, in the yeah, tub, yeah. throwing around some bubble bath, just dudes that's being it, dudes. You know? Yeah, so that's, that's it. You know? that's yeah, it. We're, we're in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> then it walks in like, what the fuck? He's like, you're wasting all the hot water. Yeah. He's like, no. Hey, Just for we're, the record, not... I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah, I, I was yeah, handling John, guys. All right, all right. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was I handling you. guys. Yeah, and neither so... was I. Hey, buddy. Okay, all right, all right. Settle the, 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 the same thing happens to people I've seen, too, with uh, rehydrating and recovering. They'll go to the grocery store in wherever country you are, and, like, they don't see Gatorade. They don't see Pedialyte. Like, they'll be asking people, like, hey, what's in this? Is this, like, electrolytes or is it? <laughs> That was yeah, me. Yeah. I almost killed myself in Belarus by accident. Oh, oh you drink bleach or something? Pool cleaner. I almost drank pool cleaner. Pool cleaner. It said electrolyte on it. I swear to God. And the guy's like, holy smoke, son. You almost killed yourself. Like, um, that, that happened in uh, was being... Sweden. Someone uh, bought the um, the bubble water, right? And they're like, to, re to refuel it, you know, after the weigh-ins. And they... They're like, oh no, you gotta be kidding me. So they have like two gallons worth of like fizzy water. He's like, I can't drink this fast. And like, I gotta go find him somewhere. You know, we basically dumped it out and filled it up in the bathroom sink so you could just drink from the okay. sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I, you have to make plans, like, like you said, Ryan, uh, for the water cut in order for it to go smooth and the way you want it and not like throw all your meat out of the window. You have to make a huge plan, like how your water cut is going to go, like where you want to be at what time. And mm -hmm. also like, I think the most important part is the refit part. And so even if you make weight, if you don't refit correctly, then you're, you're not going to squat more than your body weight basically. So yeah, that's that's one of the biggest and the weakest things and the weakest, weakest points about workout is you have to have a huge solid plan. And like you guys said, when you're in another country, a foreign country, and you don't speak the language, you don't know how to read and et cetera, that's, that's hard. That's way harder than, than when you're doing it locally, basically. Uh, but I think you can prepare it. Like um, I know Panay and I and other hookahs, we just take everything we need in our, in our suitcase yeah. and we with it yeah like we took the train we had six hours of train and leah had like a huge suitcase with everything like water and we were in france like this meat was like in france you know and i, I did the same actually I, I had my mini sauna in a suitcase we had like Do three you have suitcases a yeah, oh, yeah i yeah. seen john hack yeah like, that, that's some... that's this one yeah really you have one yeah. of those oh my yeah. god you guys are a level yeah, and you know you have everything like it's a small thing that you have to plug in, and then so we had we have the whole package, and yeah, I think that's when you push that thing further, you're you're like, I'm not going to take any risk, like yeah. I'm going to prepare with everything, and so that's the next step. But then we we almost missed the train because the Uber that came to take uh, myself, my girlfriend, and another friend of mine uh, refused us because of the suitcases because we had way too many suitcases. And so we were about to, to miss the train. And so I, I almost begged that guy to just let 
and I was like, you know, don't worry, I'll take the suitcase on me, etc. Just let us hop into that car, please. And he was about to reject us, but hopefully it didn't happen. So that's yeah. harder. So damn. Uh, what competition was this for? Uh, this one, this past one, like okay. last weekend, because okay. it was like six hours away from where we live with Leah. So we had to take the cars to the train station and then the the train it was like three four hours of train and then you also have to take train there to walk etc so it was like a, a little bit of a mess Jeez, man it's like a mini adventure just getting there yeah yeah for thing. sure yeah it's like yeah. <laughs> so how well are those mini portable saunas i'm intrigued i'm definitely gonna get one i've seen john hack use it does it in just his head is poke it actually looks adorable yeah with the little head out of it yeah his little did, head did you see his video body. he was like dancing in his video <laughs> he was dancing with the little hands out of it it looked adorable but i'm sure it did not feel amazing um how how well are, uh, do they work really well i think that's a good option yeah like, but you you lose very very slow yeah. out bath I'd say, I'd say it's great uh, as a side thing. So basically you have your hot tub and then when you go out of the hot tub, like as like quote unquote a recuperation phase to still sweat, I think that's great. But to only rely on that, if you have to make a, a substantial amount of, of cut, I, I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. I, th I think if you have a very few kilos, like one kilo, but you can do it. But more, I think it yeah. will be hard and you will have to stay very, very long because it's, it's hot, but it's not hot like to make you sweat very, very hard. Yeah. You got to bundle. Like I, I brought like sweatsuits, all wrap oh, myself in. A lot of stuff in you, you know, on top of you. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals. At the very least, if you have it and it hits the fan, you don't have a tub, you don't have whatever, and you're yeah. like, if this is, if we got to do, we got to do. That's it. Yeah, right, we'll use it. Yeah. yeah but i mean in a in a hot tub like basically this time around in my first bath which is like 15 minutes usually i lost almost 800 grams oh wow within 15 minutes and so with that i maybe lose two to three hundred grams within like 40 ish minutes and how many dudes did you have in that tub with you that time uh just one just one just one just one <laughs> just, <laughs> just one um so did it how, how was your weight cut how has it been for this competition did it come off like how were you feeling during it so basically i think we, we talked about it like um quickly um i made this year three three water cuts and two of them were quote-unquote for no reason at all like it was a mock meat that i wanted on myself and i was like okay, I'm going to do the whole package as if it's meat, but it's just for myself. And I think that's harder when you don't have that thing where you're like, I'm going to wait officially with officials and then hit the platform, et cetera, et cetera. When you're like home alone and you have to make it happen, you're like, okay, why okay. Why, why am, am I, I doing, doing this? this? Yeah, definitely. Oh, this <laughs> and, you know. Because we, we did the mock meet together and yeah. we make together. So. Yeah, we made way together. She was making weight in her car with like the um, the hot thing uh 100% and she yeah, was doing she was going back and, yeah she was going back and forth and you know grumpy face all red <laughs> weighing herself then not not await going back into her car for 20 oh, minutes then come back to the gym so so you know it's horrible when you do it for quote unquote no reason but i think when you're a high profile athlete and you want to be at least you have to make all of the small things count and for me that's something that counts you have to 
be good at your weight cut practices. So that's basically what we did. And actually one day it happened to me, the first one I did, um, quote unquote, for no reason, I, I messed something with my water cut. And so I woke up the day of heavier than when I started the water cut phase, water loading, water cutting. So I when I weighed that. myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to cry. <laughs> there's nothing for i did that for no reason i, I was like <laughs> i'm going to cry like i have to take 10 minutes for myself to go into my room to, to, to like go into my bed to cry to 10 10 solid minutes and then i'll make it happen you were like arian when he stopped the whole competition for them to yeah, read for his sure. yeah, yeah yeah i'm an asshole i'm an yeah. asshole everybody yeah. how you doing thank you yeah and, you so know, before you start your water load what do you rec uh, what's the the highest percent would you want to lose would you think for you for you and your people uh quote unquote uh, wait, wait a minute because for percentages i have to check that out on my phone oh, okay. um that is a good uh, question because i'm I wonder yeah i think obviously the heavier that than you are the the more margin you have obviously uh but since uh, i'm a, a um, small uh, weight weight class for me it's I usually like to start my cut at most at 69 and 69 is really like my upper limit uh, for 66. And I think that's probably three kilos. So it's like, what, 3% something like that? Yeah, four to 5%. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, almost. Yeah, 4%, sorry. Yeah, 4%. And I think obviously the heavier the weight class, the like maybe you can bump it to 6%, something can you, like that. Like, I don't, yeah, so I you think someone walking around at like 127 can be like no big deal and, and, and cut down in a week to 120? Yeah. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting talk, conversation. I've read articles because everyone's different, right? So that's why you yeah. also have to do it too. Um, but I've yeah. read articles where somebody said, you never want to lose more than 3% or something body weight or whatever. But everyone is different. Sorry, go ahead. Again, I... I, I it, it depends of your weight class. More you are heavy, more you can cut yeah. easily. And it depends of the gender too. Women can uh, cut less than men. Is that right? Like, yeah. So it's, a, it's not so far for me. Like he, we are in the same weight class. Not same weight class, but not so much different. And he can cut way more than me because women, we do um, water retention more yeah. than men because of hormones and stuff like that so it's different actually i think too you pull the water from muscle so body composition everything affects you like in terms of like you know you look at a weight class like a 105s some 105s are completely diced and they're whatever some 105s are a little fluffier with all due respect and um it's not going to be the same you're pulling it's uh, we're both 105 we're both 105 males it's not, it's your, but your body composition isn't the same. Right. And it's um, so yeah, you got to try it out, man. There's no one size fits all. for you. <clears throat> Yeah. I, I just want to say that, you know, water cutting is a, the magical answer. Like you're not at the standard for your weight class. And then you're like, Oh, I'm just going to water cut the <laughs> weight class down. It doesn't go that way. And people who think that are going to have like huge troubles, but I mean, if you do it right and you're prepared for it, because I think like Leah mentioned, like the preparation, uh, mentally and also like the practical preparation how you're going to make the weight where you want to be at what time etc cetera, etc cetera. You, you you have to make it happen and then to be ready on the day off to make some you know to change routes if things what didn't go the way you wanted to 
for instance, with Leah's example, with um, her having her period on the D-Day, you know, um, but it's it's not definitely not magical, but I think it's a, a powerful tool if you know how to use it. And um, the more you'll use it, the better you'll get at it. So I think um, you just have to make, you know, like you said, also Ryan, you just have to try out for yourself and maybe your friend can work out way or can cut way more than you, or maybe you can cut way more than him, or maybe you can make the weight and just be like a total sponge and not be able to complete any lift and you're like way less uh, competitive. And to mention that, I think I have an example. Um, obviously, like you said, Ryan, we don't want to Know, throw anybody off the bus etc but i remember i think i i was saying Men megan scanlon uh was having like huge numbers uh at a 60 uh, as a 63 and when she cut down to 57 it, it was like harder for her and she was still very competitive but she was lifting less weight so that's also um some math that you want to do for yourself be like okay even if i lose that amount on my total will i still be competitive in that smaller weight class or not and Sometimes you just have to make decisions based off of that and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, I I saw I saw a publication about it in Instagram like it was a few days ago. I don't know I don't know the person who who posted, but it was about the cut um, Butner Jessica Butner did um, for nationals. Like she cut five kilos to make weight and. He was talking about like it's not because Jessica did it that someone who is in 63 can think she can uh, make weight at 57 that the weight class um, uh, and I think it's it's true like it's not because she did it that someone else can do it and it depends it depends on a lot of things and like Jessica uh, she's used to that she's prepared mm -hmm. for that so. You can't just say like, oh, I'm going to do one and blah, blah. And you, you have no protocol. You, you don't uh, prepare yourself for that. It's really need, you really need to be prepared for it. I think. 100%. We didn't, you never, we never talk about it, but it can be dangerous. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I think it can be dangerous and you, you don't have to make, to make it, to take it lightly. But also I think that there is no like hard rule, you know, people, sadly like to have hard rules, you know, don't do this or don't do that. Uh, for a meat prep, you have to do this and that. And I think the more, the, the deeper the sport is getting, the more things we see. So we see people doing things that previously we didn't think were possible to perform with a high level. So I'm thinking like out of the top of my head with like Chance Mitchell, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, see how he handles a meat prep. He, he has like a huge amount of volume on squat like a day before or two days before. And in everybody's mind, like the hard rule is like on the old days, like the, the, the week of the meet, don't do anything, you just rest. And so, you know, that guy came in and with like a brand new idea and like was like, okay, I don't think you, you have to do it that way, you can do it that way. And that's working well for him. And I really like those guys that put, that, that put forth uh, like that no hard rule really exists pretty much. And the only hard rule that exists is you have to have a strategy, you have to have a protocol, you have to have an idea, and you have to have solid data to, to base that, to see the results that you're getting, that you're getting, and to see the, if that's first repeatable for you, and then repeatable for multiple lifters, and then if maybe you can make it something more than just, you know, a one thing thing. Yeah, Chance Mitchell is, sorry. Chance Mitchell is pretty special. He, at the Arnold yeah. 
squat challenge. He's like the two-time yeah. champion. You just load up and go for volume. Like when it comes to volume, you're talking Chance Mitchell, man. That is, uh, yeah. that's his thing. He'd be here all night. I know the fellas have some ridiculous water cut stories. One of them I once heard, um, who was cutting with Cole Metz? Which one of you fellas was cutting with Cole? Uh, I mean, he was basically cutting on his own. And then he kind of showed up to the weigh-ins and he's like, I'm fucked, basically. <laughs> <laughs> set, it up, set it up a little. You guys are national team coaches. And where was this? World Championships? Yeah, this was, so this was Sweden, uh, 2019. Um, so Ari and I are handling Marisa in the 52 kilo class. And Cole's weigh-ins were coming about up. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go check in on Cole real quick. And then I'll be back kind of deal and then i kind of go over and he's like uh, he looks like death like complete death like he's just oh man it was so bad so i'm like all right um so we get on the scale and i don't even remember i don't at this point i don't even remember what he was over but it was like it was at least half a kilo at this point and he was dry as can be so um you know we're just at this arena and i'm like all right dude so before i even go back to talk to arian I was like, I get him in the locker room they had there. I turn all the hot showers on. I'm like, stay in here. You know, I'll be back in 10 minutes, whatever. So I go out and talk to Arian. He's like, I don't know. Just figure it out. I'm like, okay, great. Thanks, man. (laughs) 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 Yeah, He's in the middle of handling Marisa back and forth against Joy, right? So he's like, whatever. Just figure it out. I'm like, all right. So I basically have him in there. I give him a bunch of gum. He's trying to spit and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we go back to the the scale three or four times. Now, this is already... Like his weigh-in already started, so we were under the gun already, you know, the time gun. Um, so you know, we keep going back and forth and back and forth, and so, you know, little by little by little, it's coming off. And he's just like, I got nothing left, I can't do this anymore. And then finally, Aaron, you know, Marisa was done, so Aaron comes back. He's like, Well, you told me you cut your hair if you, uh, you know, because oh. you know, he has he has long hair. He's like, oh, you beautiful. told me if you were close, oh. you cut your hair. He's like, All right, do it. So Aaron, go get the scissors. We hold them over the thing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my. Um, but actually, the, the the other the part of this I missed was one of the times we were in there. The whoever was weighing us in, the, the referee, was like, "Hey, try doing a handstand, right?" Um, so apparently, apparently the blood rushes to the head or whatever, and like it can actually alter the. Apparently, it works. It works a lot for like wrestlers. Apparently, he was anyway, nude. He was nude. Yeah. So, so he's he's butt naked in this way in room, and he's weak as can be because he's got nuts. So I'm literally holding this 59 kilo dude up by dude. one by one leg, and I'm doing this right, like looking the other way. Yeah, holding him up, um, you know, for yeah. 30 seconds or whatever. So we get on the scale and it's still no good. I'm like, oh my God. All right. So finally we go and cut his hair. Like Aaron cuts his hair over the trash can and um, uh, he gets on the scale and it was, you know, 59.0. And same thing like Leah, it's just like, woo, you know, just <laughs> runs out and, you know, as much as he can eat and drink. But uh, he did not uh, do any world records that day like um unfortunately his performance was not as good he he literally okay first off at least he bothered make weight yeah he bothered he bothered bothered. here's the thing Uh, but i can i can't tell someone who didn't even bother you're right (laughs) bill let me tell you something the guy who was in that room that told you to you know it helps when you go upside down He, he was he was with me when we were he's one of the 15 dudes he's from the french team he's one of the 15 guys in the hot tub and he didn't work there and you guys got duped but it is what it is 
like 30 seconds in, Bill's like, I think we just got suckered. This is <laughs> he realizes he's like, this is bullshit. Uh, he goes, but anyways, I remember that in I was a commentator and Cole freaking puked on yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to rehydrate. He like and when you're so dehydrated, he was puking on the platform, like projectile vomiting. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is the worst case I've ever seen. And then I remember thinking, well, he's never going to try to be a 59 kilo again. Damned if he didn't sign up for 59 kilo for the Arnold, I believe. And that the was U.S. Like, Nationals. It was the U.S. US Nationals. Nationals. And I was yeah. like, there's no fucking way this guy's going to make 59 kilo. He didn't. And I think he was like, no, it's not going to happen. My man, <laughs> there's, you're going to relive what you did like that. Come on. Yeah, he didn't even, I mean, at that point, he didn't even show up to weigh-ins. I, he, yeah, I, I saw him in the crowd afterward drinking like a Bud Light. And yeah, I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, I wasn't even close. I'm like, oh, yeah, good job. Yeah, really? You think? Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he didn't show up. And I think I talked to uh, Tim Anderson from Midland. I was like, hey, for Collegiate Nationals, you're, you're the coach of the university team. You have to make him go up. And he ended up going up. But for, for every story of like, oh, yeah, I did the handstand thing and it didn't work. There's also someone who says I did the handstand thing and it worked. It's like a, like you said, it's a wrestling. No, hang on a second. Because I heard heard of this back at 2016 Nationals in Atlanta when Donovan Thompson told a lifter that I was next to, he was over 66 by a little bit. And he told him, hey, just uh, do a handstand right here up against the wall and then run in real quick and go way in. And, and this kid was cutting already a bunch and he did the handstand. He can barely hold himself. Like he like fell down to his, his forearms, stuff like that. And he, he went on no there. was there to hold his legs. That's why. <laughs> okay. yeah. and, and he made 66 on the dot. And Donovan's like, see, I told you. Dude, this is not scientific. All right. I mean, I, I gotta listen. This is, doesn't sound like it's appropriate. <laughs> These guys, this is this is a thing the U.S. team does. This is some next level. A next version. Everybody will do. Yeah, everybody will do this. You know, whoever's working the. Whoever's working the the weigh-ins is like, what the fuck is going on this year? He's like, I saw so many things I didn't need to see. The next person comes in, he's like, keep your goddamn underwear on. I'm going to give you 100 kilo for the underwear. That's that's spotted to you if you keep them on, son. He goes, it's enough already. Um, But But, okay, I think with every good watercut story, there there are bad ones, and um, the one that I mentioned for me in Lithuania was. Uh, I got sick there, so I was I was I had to take medication. So I did water retention because of the medication. So I woke up the next day, like I, I slept maybe an hour during the night because my head was like this, like I was super hot. Then I was freaking cold, and then so you know I was just sick. So I woke up the next day, I was like super heavy. I I, I don't remember exactly how heavy I was, but maybe I was around sixty nine, like the morning of the meet. Oh shoot! And you know I was like fuck i'll make it happen so I, w- I go into the hot tub and so you know there starts something that i don't have any memory until the <laughs> moment they call the the ambulance to go get me because what? i was i was fainting in the bath and so my friend Corentin, well he's a like a tw- 120 kilo dude 105 dude and so he was like lifting me putting me out of the of the hot bath Jeez. They were covering me with, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, the hotels. Like, I, I totally ruined. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the name. The um, blanket or the blankets. Yeah, all yeah. of the blankets of the bed. And so I ruined everything in the hotel room. And so I was sleeping 20 minutes. Like, actually, I was fainting 20 minutes. Then they were getting me up. 
then I was going into the hot bath. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any remembrance of anything related to that event. And so just at, what, uh, at one time, I think I went up to still like 66.9 or 66.8. So I still got a lot being sick. And so there, you know, they, they called the French staff and they're like, okay, so we have to make him, to make him stop because it's getting dangerous for him, et cetera. And, you know, I was like, no, like there's no way you guys will not let me make weight and so i was still going into the hot bath and going out going in going out and then you know the time was just up for the weigh-in so i i wasn't able to weigh in and i think i went out to like maybe 66.78 but my body was like i i don't have anything to offer you anymore you know so <laughs> then i'm like okay so fuck i'll just rehydrate and then go 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 there to see everybody and show them that i'm you know i'm, I'm okay quote unquote and so i drink and then five minutes after I'm like I think I'm gonna and then I threw everywhere in the bedroom and it was like non-stop non-stop and so oh. while I was vomiting I was having cramps so my body was was like keeping my body uh you know like so that I wouldn't cramp too much so I was like thank you vomiting at the same time and so like it, it got so bad that they had to call the ambulance and so I, I stayed at the hospital from like maybe 12 to 10, 10 the night so with ivs etc etc yeah. and so they made some tests on me and so they said that i i took like i got a virus and so because of that di virus uh, i had to take my medication and some water retention so i wasn't able to make weight but you know so for every good watercolor story sorry you have a bad one and that was the bad one for me and so i was feeling awful like i, I was feeling really bad because for me it was a failure that I wasn't able to make weight and that I ended up in that situation so that was a horrible memory for me from dude, years dude it sounded like your 105 120 kilo buddy was like waterboarding you like it was a like, <laughs> yeah. where, where are the diamonds and he's, <laughs> he's got you in the tub and he's like like you owed him money or something yeah, it's yeah. like bro i i'm not sleeping i think i died in the blanket for a, until yeah, you know, until my body hit the water i'm pretty sure i was dead my heart stopped it's over bro he's like me He's like me. He he knew that I, I wasn't able to make it myself. So I needed him to do it for me. And so he was like all in with me all along. And then at the end, they were like, okay, man, you're just hurting yourself. And it's it's not good to watch. It's not good to see. So I wonder if he made weight after all the puking. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Make, Let's say uh, you don't say for the story. He's feel really bad about it. He's nice maybe next about time, it. maybe next time, if I'm uh, over 100, a couple of grams, I'll do the handstand thing, and then if that's not enough, I'll just. <laughs> that's and right. See how it goes. <laughs> and that's when the meat. That's when whoever's doing the weigh-ins, like, and that's that's where we're. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I just watched a guy what? butt naked do a handstand and then barf, and that, and that was and that and that's how I started my day. <laughs> after this episode ryan we have to make a, a ebook on how to make weight and drop it with the That's episode right. make some money it's called it's called how for dummies no it's called how bad do you want it? <laughs> how bad do you want it are you a champion yeah, or are you a contender this is what uh, it takes to be honest i think cut my hair to make weight i won't do that i think it's <laughs> yeah no you know what i mean after hearing these stories it's like fuck i'd Leia's cut wasn't half bad, right? Was it? It's like everybody's weight cuts, like it wasn't that bad. Now that I hear uh, Penna died for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, you know, it was so interesting for me because it was it was my first like Euro where I, I had the shot at, at the title. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say obviously that 
I I had the title, but I had a shot, and um, you know to be to be out of it because of that, and so see every lifter crush everything. So Eddie Berglund had a fantastic meet, and so I was watching it live stream live stream on my on my phone, and I was next to a dude that was about to die in Lithuania in a foreign country. Holy the shit. nurse and the doctors making jokes about selling my organs. I was like, <laughs> that's Lithuania. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they, they made the joke because the, the guy knew perfect English. And so when he came to me, talk, and he, he, he saw that I was a, a funny guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, we may be, if you have stitches uh, around uh, the, the belly area, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> and you know, he, he got the accent and like, he put the joke on me. And so, you know, Amazing. I was like, do you want to hear oh do you want to hear bill's takeaway from your whole story bill goes <laughs> yeah, go ahead. he didn't even bother to make i was thinking if he actually took one of his organs out he probably would have made way well maybe, there's that too maybe, maybe. at all and, costs and some, at all and costs some and some cash also some cash and a little cash, <laughs> yeah. and a little cash <laughs> in your pocket afterwards yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so how about the competition yeah, this has been this is a huge prelog into the car comp- we really built this up so here we go i even forgot why we're here on the podcast to talk about we got so into these we cut stories but up to let's talk about this competition because you guys both hit some phenomenal numbers um we could talk about a little bit about the other lifters as well because i do want to showcase some of france's up-and-coming stars but who wants to go first in terms of how their day went? Ladies first, obviously. Yeah, ladies first. Ladies first. Okay. Um, so I have mixed feelings about that day. Uh, so I was happy with my cut to make weight and everything. Um, but I was very disappointed with my squat because I missed 218. So my last attempt, my third attempt, um, 218 kilos uh, for death. So I was very, very mad at me um, because I was sure to hit death and I don't know, like I didn't, obviously. (laughs) So I was very, very mad at me for that. Um, And I was very, so I I was not expecting anything from bench because I'm not a bencher. And actually, it's always go great on me. So I'm like, maybe I should pay more attention to my bench right now. Um, so bench was okay. And I was disappointed with my deadlift because I missed my second attempt What for stu- something stupid, my grip. So, you know, normally all my hands is on the grip. Um, and I don't know, I just screw up my, my setup. And uh, some of my fingers was not on the grip, but on the stuff. Yeah. yeah the, and my hand just, my grip just um, opened up. Uh, so I, I had to put the, the bar on the floor before she gave me the, the down. Mm. So I was very upset about me because I wanted so bad to hit 2.30 at the last attempt. And I didn't go for it. I put 225 to secure. Um, so yes, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, I, I know that what I did is great, but I wanted more. And so I'm just disappointed about it. <laughs> it's, what it's, was the significance of the 225 instead of the 230? Sorry? Like, what was the significance of the 225? Why did you go there instead of the 230? 
Uh, so because so I did my first attempt it was two ten, mm-hmm. and it's my second attempt at two twenty, and if I I never hit two thirty, mm-hmm. and I wanted I wanted so bad, but I miss it so much during my training each time I try it, and so I didn't feel comfortable to miss. If I missed it two thirty, my total will be screwed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to secure and put 225. Oh, okay. No. I know what you mean where, um, yeah, I've been in that situation where it's like, look, if I got my second attempt, if I miss my third, it's only falling back to my second attempt. So it's still a decent total. Yeah. You, If you missed your second and you're like, all right, now if I miss my third, we're going off just my opening dead. I'm really not going to be happy about that. Whereas yeah. I know what you mean. You're The more your total is already built, you're like, no, let's gamble. I could throw away my last dead words. Now you're like, we're not throwing away. We're not, not throwing away, but we're not gambling. Ne- we're, we're, we're going the for sure route. Neither of so, you want to repeat 220? Sorry? Neither of you want to repeat 220 on the third attempt? No. <laughs> I want <laughs> yeah. to feel something more huge. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, actually, I knew that 220 was not because of my strength, lack of strength. I knew it was very because of the setup and my grip. And it actually never happened to me before. And I was like, what did you do? <laughs> um, so I was confident to put five kilos more, but I was not confident to put 10 kilos more and maybe screw up. So yeah, yeah. I, just, I just secure secure the thing. It's pretty crazy to think if you would have nailed your third squat and added a further eight kilo onto your total, we're going into the 550s. Like this is getting crazy for a 63 kilo. I, I remember 2018 around that range, you just float into the 500 kilo range and you're winning the world championships. 500 kilo was like a big benchmark elite 63 kilo lifter. If you have a 500 kilo total, you're now tipping into the late 500s. If you would have got that third squat and it was on depth, if you would have got that eight kilo, you'd be over the hump of 550 and into the late 500s. This is getting crazy at yeah. this point. And then if she had yellow 230 on deadlift? My man. 560. You know, like, what are we talking about here? So it's uh, it's crazy. It's the idea. Like, I, I so hope that Worlds happens. Um, I mean, the it, it's like the other 63s, I don't know what they're thinking when they're watching this. But I would be like, holy sugar. I know Gara is working as well. And and, and um, she's the current. Yeah, I don't underestimate her at all. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Has, I know. Yeah. She has a huge bench, like way better than mine. And she can she can squat very heavy. I, I think she will she will hit 200 very fast. Um, so I, I just know that I have the hand on deadlift because I'm better on deadlift, but like She's so far in bench, <laughs> so but we will just, see. Just I'm, you know, I'm really waiting for it. Just to let you know, actually, Leah is training as she's the challenger, so she won't get caught sleeping. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That won't happen. It, it does. It feel strange to you have a reigning world champion, but you've out her a couple times. 
it's very, I mean, this happens sometimes in powerlifting, but not super often. That's a very competitive class. We have a reigning world champion, but then another competitor has caught up and then surpassed on total and is now ranked number one worldwide, but is not the world champion. It's a, it's, it's one of those, look at, if we're setting up a storyline, we're going into the world championships, everyone's going to want to watch that. I mean, you get no better than the number one in the world. And it's not the world champion, but the world champion wants to say, excuse me, you know, I, I yeah. think I'm number one. So then all it's of a actually, sudden. It's like um, uh, um, champions belts, uh, reunification with boxing, with boxing yeah. federations, you know, <laughs> it's like one of the best and the other of the best and one of them has to go down. So right. that's always fun to watch. Yeah. Do you feel, how do you feel about it, Leah? Do you feel like, like, do you, like, obviously breaking world <clears> records, <throat> um, being number one ranked in the world is good, but are you like, do you feel like you're the underdog? Do you feel like you're number one or do you feel like she's number one? Or how do you feel when you think about it? Uh, I, as Pana says, I feel like this challenger. Yeah. Okay. And I think, I think like it's, it's weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about the other lifter, but I think even if I'm number one, even if one day I might be a world champion, I will always feel like a challenger. Hmm. And I think I think it's something I remember from um, the tennis woman Serena Williams, who say, um, even if I'm number one, I always train hard because I know there is little girls who want to beat me, and I exactly feel the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. And, and I, I always want more. Like I'm, I'm never satisfied about what I do. And I, like I hit that, and I, and I'm just going uh, to see the next time. Okay, I'm done with that, and I'm going to the next time, and I want to do more and and hit more numbers. And so, yeah, we will see. I, I can't wait to be at words. And actually, even if I I lose, um, I don't care. I just want to to be able to challenge and. And to be there and try to beat some records, and I just like challenge. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing: we say lose, but like, if you get a silver, like anything at the worlds is like it's hard to say lose when you're you're bringing home medals and you know, like uh, yeah. And it's funny when you say like somewhere out there, like Serena Williams. Serena said, "I can't sleep because somewhere out there, there's a little girl, a teenage version of me watching me. She wants me, and she wants my spot." But we know that teenage girl who wants your spot. And she looks like she's lifting weights and coming back. How is Samantha Eugene doing? How, how, is, how has she been doing? Is she coming back in terms of, a, I know she was injured for a little while and I had, I had DM'd her for a little bit and she's like, oh, I've been dealing with some issues, but I think she's starting to lift again. Like, do you guys know an update? Yeah, yeah, she, she's starting to lift again, yeah. Uh, but the problem is, uh, she had like an ankle injury lately, but nothing related to powerlifting. Uh, she just had an accident. And so that derailed a little bit of her uh, quote unquote comeback. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's training hard and uh, yeah, she, she had a hard time uh, lately, uh, but we know the competitor that she is and the mindset that she has. So um, for sure, she'll be back really soon and she'll do some damage back uh, as soon as she's back. So that's, that's for sure. Yeah. I remember um, the moment we had on the last podcast when we were all talking about um, who 
like like her story is a really good story. She was living with Panna and his girlfriend during lockdown, and he's like, "Oh my god, I adopted a high school student, <laughs> like, like yeah, a teenage yeah. daughter. I have a teenage daughter. Somehow, yeah. I have a teenage daughter, <laughs> and, and you guys were all living together, and and uh, it was it's such a crazy. And you guys are training in a in a school. You guys in the high school, yeah, yeah. School. It was like yeah, a yeah. fucking. It was a Netflix special, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I remember telling you at the time, like, you know, this is like a time period of your life. Like in 20 yeah. years, you're gonna look back and be like, that was so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we had like, <laughs> that we did this. And then um, it, we had that moment on the podcast where I was asking them, all the girls, like, who do you look up to in powerlifting? Who, who's like your idol? And then I did everyone else. And then when I got to Sam, she's like, Leah Bavla. Yeah, Leah was like, I remember you started crying and I was like, holy shit, I, I shit you not. I got emotional and almost, I came close to start crying too. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, what's happening right now? Um, Cause it was totally different than the first podcast when you were taught like, yeah, not to relive the whole thing, but wow, man, that was impactful when uh, Sam dropped that. And that was one of like, in terms of top five, like emotional moments on the podcast where like, it was real. <laughs> that was a real moment where I was like, holy shit. And Leah was like, I wasn't ready for that. Like, I, I was like, I wasn't either. <laughs> and we were, we had our moments there. Um, but yeah. And how about yourself, Penna going into this? Um, how were you feeling and how did the day unfold for you? Yeah. So um, I was actually feeling pretty good. Um, as you probably know, I was preparing for the same meet as Leah when uh, when she didn't bother to make weight and uh actually i got injured like a week out uh so nothing serious but just you know some injuries that can occur and so that i really took a hit there because uh i was really preparing and i was feeling great i deadlifted like 290 kilos like some weeks before my squat wasn't point my bench was okay because i was dealing with some pec thing but you know i i, I was thinking that I, I could maybe make something happen on that day and so that was rough for me. Then nationals got canceled, um, which was a month after. So I was preparing for nationals back then, then. And so, you know, I did my mock meet, et cetera, but it's nothing like hitting the platform. And so when I hit that platform, so for, first and foremost, my workout was the best to date. Mm. Uh, I like I, I weighed in like a super light for me, 66, because I was like at 65.6. Where and I also, you didn't go to the hospital, so like yeah, for sure. That, that's that's a good one, also. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. We're we're like in the top tier uh, water cut <laughs> strategies for me, you know. <laughs> so no, everything was really perfect uh, on point. I was feeling fantastic, um, but the thing is, um, I think I wasn't prepared enough for the squat uh, standards. Uh, so basically, the depth. So Leah got caught on her third attempt, and so. Uh, actually what was happening was Leah was in group one and I was in group two. So basically when Leah was hitting the platform, I was warming up and back and forth. So when I saw that Leah got red light for depth, I was like, oh, okay. Um, maybe I'll have to sink my squats. So it actually <laughs> went from- Like it was not the reference, it was reading me. Yeah, like... yeah, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's you, but you know, you know also how hard the judges can be when yeah. some lifters have issues with depth when they usually don't you know obviously not yeah like Leah said I'm, I'm not judging the referees I'm you know sometimes you have a high standard for meets and that was the case for that meet actually so I was like okay so I went from having a goal of 
doing a big squat to first not bump out and then do the biggest squat that I can with like sinking my squats. So since I'm not used to that, my squat was like the weakest link of my total. And I was like, I'm, I was like super pissed and mad at myself for that. And now lesson learned. Um, I think um, I, I, it means that I can do better with that. And as a powerlifter, I think the day you think you, you, you've got everything perfectly handled down and you, you can't progress from there, there, there's the day where you die as a competitor. So I was like, okay, so I'll be better with that next time. So obviously not hitting the squat that I had to, in mind. I knew that the world record total uh, that I had in mind would be like way harder than expected. So I hit the good bench, 168.5. Um, and then I deadlifted 280, probably my best 280 to date. Uh, I was feeling like super strong and confident. And then I loaded 290 for the world record total attempt, unofficial, obviously. Uh, and I just missed it. I, 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 it wasn't there that day. Maybe 285 was in the cards with a better squat uh, because my planned third squat was, was 252, mm. uh, which I wasn't able to grind out because of the technical changes I had to make for the squat depth. And so, yeah, to be honest, I was like... I was like, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes for me and be pissed and mad. And then when we'll be all together reunited, I'll have a smile on my face because <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, you know, like grumpy because you, you did a, a bad meet. And uh, I would consider this a bad meet for myself because I have high standards um, that I look up to. And uh, obviously for me, when you have that level of improvement that you can see in the 60s, three kilos with like Leah and all the other girls and you know the improvement in the 74s and the 83s and the, like pre pretty much every weight class and I'm like okay um, training to standards that have been established like one and a half year ago you can do that man so I have to be better and I have to do better so that's why I was like uh, but like you said it's my best meet to date at the body weight so that's that's a, a win for me at least but like a small one so well, here's, here's another way to look at it. Your fourth all-time total, for current people, you'd be third. So at, going into Worlds, you'd be a solid pick for a bronze at worst. If someone's doing a preview show right now and they're like, if we're scouting, at least bronze. And when I say third, by one kilo separates you from silver. One kilo, sir. And then uh, for, we, I think we have a... Like it would, we're very close in terms of kilos. It's 700. Like, right. It's the Russian guy with 700. So then what, exactly there's four kilos right there. So on any given, if four kilos separates the top three gentlemen and you are definitely in the top three, you're like, you're right in the mix. In terms yeah. of, in terms of a, a showdown, that's going to be amazing to watch. If Gladkick shows up, and then uh, we got, well, it depends on U.S. We still have to see with the U.S. nationals, obviously. And then yourself showing up. So whoever the America produces, it's going to, around 700 is probably going to hit it. Some people might be capable of more than 700, but once you're all in the same room competing for the same medal, you're playing to win, not playing yeah. to. Yeah. So things happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, things are escalating like super fast. Like we see guys in the U.S. deadlifting like 290, 300 like casually 
or squatting 250 casually or you know i'm thinking about andres ramos or other guys you know like everybody's getting everybody's training super hard although we don't have meets so whenever the next meet <laughs> will happen everybody will like crush the standards for every weight class and i'm preparing in that in that with that in mind you know that's i'm like okay what i did was cute now i have to go back to work <laughs> <laughs> now do you guys have nationals coming up yeah, uh, but late. I think it will be like pretty much same date as the U.S. It will be mid-June. June, like okay. And yeah. then so the winners of that are the ones that get selected for the world team. Is that how it works for you guys? Uh, uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's not necessarily you win your weight class. And so you guys, like technically, since you guys have done internationals, you might not actually have to lift in that to qualify for worlds. Uh, um, so um, so it depends. Um, the one who are already in the French team or already did international competition, even if we don't do France or we don't win, we can. You have the we have the possibility to go. But in France, like even if you win your weight class, uh, you might not go at work. The shoes who are able okay. to be competitive in their weight class. Okay. Yeah, because, because uh, in France, it's the the government pays the federation, and then the federation right. pays us to go. So it's basically like you have to do some math to see, okay, maybe this guy can win, so we'll send him. So maybe you can win your weight class and not go, and then you can be like two guys in the same weight class, still go. Because they might come in difference. second or fourth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Makes sense. Uh, and we have like uh, a strategy for uh, an open team building because as you guys said at the beginning, uh, at least for now, I was the only open male athlete. Uh, it's about to change. I think uh, we have a guy in 74s that would probably be in the open team, a guy in the 59 that will be in the European team, maybe uh, worlds we will see. But so it's changing. But so like right now, actually, France has a strategy towards open lifters, male at least because female, obviously we have. We have our team of killers, um, but yeah, for the males, it's different. So that's pretty much the strategy right now. So, but I think, I think in my mind, every top guy will, will want to do nationals because it will be the first official meet and it will give us some good feedbacks as to how we can place on worlds, et cetera. So yeah, well, yeah. for the rest of the world. So how did you, it, what is stopping? Oh, I guess it's because the government's paying then. I, was, I, I think I was going to say, why couldn't you just feel the full team in the open, but is it because the government is going to look at it themselves and say, if you are not going to be competitive, you're just not going to make the team, and that's the way it is. There is um, uh, there is few things about it. Uh, they made it actually for uh, Europeans last year. Like um, they finance some um, some athletes because they knew that we can have uh, records and be on the podium, and other one uh, who can have. Um, they, they can make like, I don't know, fee for course and stuff like that, uh, could pay them there uh, to go. But um, the problem is there are only like two or three um, in order to manage all the team. And it was too much for them. Like uh, yeah. underling athletes and all the competition, they just um, figure out that it was too much for them. And so they don't want to reproduce the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually, there is one thing else is that uh, France has uh, international qualifying totals requirements. 
Mm. Uh, for the for each weight class, and so sometimes if there's not a single athlete that's hitting that's hitting the requirement, then you know there's no debate. Like he didn't hit the, and they're actually pretty high because I think they established that on the top eight worlds and top five Europeans on or something like that. So basically, okay. the qualifying total that you have to hit for Europeans is smaller than for worlds, but it's still you have to be competitive actually. So. Even if you're an open guy, let's say 83, and you want to make the open team, even if you win your weight class, but you don't do the qualifying total required for international events, then even if you're the winner, they won't send you because you didn't hit the requirements. So, and and they're pretty high. I, I don't want to say, like, I know for myself, for the 66s, it's 650 kilos. Oh, shit, dude. So, that's you know, no joke. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. I think it's around 500 walks. Uh, holy smokes so, man just to make yeah. the team yeah ju just to wow. just to be like we, we we can send you not to say we will send you but just okay with that total in mind we can send you to worlds if you place like top five top eight whatever and, you have a chance to be selected yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that yeah that's exactly just a chance so you you can win you can be like 20 kilos in front of everybody and etc but if you don't hit the required total then no no international events for you my man you got 499 Wilkes that are like, get this bum out of here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> get him out of my yeah. face. I don't I've need heard, to talk to him. <laughs> I've heard some other countries that that do the same. It's like people don't understand, like for everyone who's from US that listens to this or even from Canada, it's like, yeah, you you win nationals, you go and you pay your own way. Versus some of these other countries, they may be paying, but they also have a selection committee and you may not be able to go. I remember from a couple of years ago, I think it was, I think it was a lifter from Germany. And their selection team wouldn't pick him for his last year as a junior. He was going to go get like, you know, top five or top three at junior equipped worlds. Um, but since they didn't see it as like him being good enough and they want to spend money on it, they wouldn't let him go. And he, I think he wanted to spend his own money. He's like, I'll pay for everything myself. Just nominate for a team. And they wouldn't nominate him. Yeah. Holy frick. Sorry. You know, it, it's actually worse for us because uh, it's changed a little bit uh, lately <clears throat> because if, if you hit the required total, but the team doesn't want to send you like paid by the state, etc., you can still pay for yourself. But like Leah said, there are only three coaches to handle. So they still select who gets to pay for themselves, for themselves also, even if you hit the required total. And a year before they, they put all of that in place, um, like uh, the, the friend that I was referring to earlier, the, the one that was picking me up uh, from the bath to <laughs> to the bedroom. So his name is Corentin Clément. He was the sub-junior. He's actually the sub-junior 105 uh, world record holder. And the year before, he was already having the total to get first place. And they didn't send him to Worlds. Oh, wow. He, he, he could have been first in the world, world record total, and they didn't send him because they weren't sending sub-juniors on the oh. on the government fees. Yeah, the, yeah, the problem, yeah. Um, government, small government in France only give money for open. They don't give money for sub-junior and junior. Dude, yeah. listen, I would be like, if I'm the Federation, I would say, listen, we have to have a program where A, people can step forward and say we could pay our way, but if they do, we need volunteer um, handlers. Because I'm sure there's some people who are like, I'm a coach. I handle people locally. I would love to be on a world team, get that experience. And maybe I also will pay my own way because for me to put that as a coach on my resume, I'm a national team coach. Oh, there are some coaches who will pay their way or 
if you have enough people who will say, I will pay my way for a lifter, let's say you have five, well, sub juniors, juniors, let's say you have more, let's say you have eight of these people, like we will pay our way. We will also pool money and pay for his way as well or her way as well if she's going to be the coach. So then you can have like, there's got to be a way of working this out. If if two people can get married and they have like that stag and dough where everyone shows up, pitches in a little bit of money, and then they end up with $3,000, yeah. you can figure out this. Yeah. All right, what do we got? Yeah, sell some t-shirts? Sure. We got to sell some yeah. pilot, silent worker t-shirts? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? I plugged you, my man. I plugged you, my yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promo okay, code we'll KOTL. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that happen. Yeah, but that's hard because, um, you know, it's everything government-related. Um, so you can't do everything you want when it's government related. Um, so that's hard. It's, they can't send, uh, like a random coach. They need to be a certification or whatever. Mm. In France, everything is very complicated. They love paper and certification and blah, blah. And... Yeah. 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 For real. Like it's super hard because we, we have like some huge athletes and maybe you want us to hop on that maybe with the, with the other guys that did an awesome meet and so you know there are people because they can't afford to go to foreign countries let's say take a sub junior a sub junior basically is a high school guy so if a high school guy has to pay for a trip to the united states or into sweden where everything's super expensive like you just can't make it happen so there is a guy that can maybe place top three at worlds or maybe win or maybe put some records and you're like oh you don't have the money and we we can't pay for you then you just don't you just don't go there you know so that's that's hard like i think in a way it's better because um when you're an open athlete basically you make the requirement and then everything is paid off for you so it's not like a huge barrage for you to go to the international but when you're young uh that's way harder i mean yeah i see it both ways and it does make sense but yeah it's it's that's tough i you know hearing it's so interesting to me to hear because obviously we've been talking about the USAPL drama with nationals, but some people have no idea. We're like, I'm sure some European lifters and every nation is going to be different are listening to some of the USAPL drama. And they're like, listen, at least through rankings, you know, your top five in, in nationals, top three this year, top five that year. And then you might have some lifetime members, whatever. But some people are listening to that from European nations. Like, Man, I can win. I could do everything, and I yeah. still don't get to go. And nobody gives a shit. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I got nothing. I, there's nothing I could do. Uh, there's just nothing I could do. So that's got to be, you know, it kind of puts in perspective. You know, I mean, we don't know whatever other nations are facing. But things are getting better in France for sure. I, I just want to put that that out. Things are getting way better in France. When I started out and with Leah, it was like way harder to make the national team. Like it was, you had to make the qualifying total like several times in a row. And then maybe they can send you to that and maybe, maybe this. And now it's getting way more, you know, structured. So basically you hit that, you do that. Okay, we'll have a chat. We'll see what, what we can do and we'll figure something out. But before when we started out, it was like, you could maybe do the required total like 15 times. And they were like, okay, cool. Next one. <laughs> Just one more time, one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to make sure. But it's it's getting way better. Like right now, I think we're probably at the best um, place for uh, for being able to qualify ourselves. Uh, and before the, the qualifying totals were a little blurry because you could do this or do that and not make way and not. So yeah, things are getting way better. I, I do like that. Um, 
they're kind of, they look at it like, look, even if you win at nationals, let's, let's say the craziest thing happens at nationals, 63 kilo, Leah, ba- Leah Bavua bombed it. Oh, she didn't even bother to make weight. Mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm the French president. And I'm going to say, that's nice. Leah's still going. <laughs> I, would, I, I would be the same way. I'd be like, I'd be like, I don't. Leah's on the team, and I decided Leah's on the team in 2019. If I'm honest, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, she could have not showed up for two years. She's going. She's going. I don't care. Don't tell me who won. <laughs> they, they're telling. They're giving me the meat results. I'm like, you're wasting your time. I already know. <laughs> and actually, at that level, yeah. Leah's children will go to to Europeans because she she secured the yeah. spot for 20 years. You know? yeah, her children, Leah, children the, like, the prime minister, prime minister for the next 30 years. <laughs> If your last name is Mbappé, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> or are you related to Leah Mbappé? You you don't have the same last name. It better be through marriage then, because I want to see blood lineage. It's got to be, be yeah. by blood, not by marriage. It's got to be you by blood. Your paper. <laughs> Sorry, Leah, you're going to say something. Uh, no, actually, they, they are aware that we can meet the competition or bomb out or whatever, um, but. When they know your value, that you have made your proof, they know that you are not invincible and you might you might lose sometimes. So they are nice with it. Like yeah, it, but it goes both ways because in the US, I think you, you maybe tell me if, tell me if I'm mistaken. But if you lose, if last year you were the guy, but let's say Taylor Atwood, for instance, and he loses nationals, I think. Uh, technically, he doesn't go to Worlds, and it's the guy who beat him that goes to Worlds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Leah said, sometimes you can have a bad meet, and you can, let's say, miss your opener or miss an attempt, or you're sick the day before, or you, you got an injury, and then you don't hit the... Yeah, what, whatever can happen. But in our way, like, when you're from Team France, and you've been selected a few times, and then you have a bad meet, obviously, you'll have, to make, you'll have some explanation to make, for sure, but then they can be like, okay, whatever happened, happened, but now I know your value as an athlete and I'll still send you to Worlds. And so the other guy that beat you maybe won't go to Worlds and you will, but you got beat, you know? So it goes both ways. I think when you're from Team France, that's great because that's an assurance for you, basically. So you're like, okay, I know that they trust me, they believe in me. Uh, so yeah, but in the other way around when you're at the underdog and you're like, Oh, I'm hungry and I want to compete internationally. And yeah, it, that that's hard. I think. But it, yeah, I, I well, get it though. Like sometimes, I mean, if someone like Taylor, it's like, he's put in years though. Like it's one of those deals where, you know, you, I get both right. I, like there are some, I remember Brett Gibbs told me, I think, I think it's Brett who said, I, I haven't competed in New Zealand in, like fucking year. I haven't gone to a New Zealand nationals in years. I'm just on the team. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Do you want, do you want the best on the team? You're going to put Brett Gibbs on the team and Brett produces like, this isn't, this isn't on that unusual. Actually. Like there are a lot of nations that it's like, you put together the best team possible. If we're talking Olympics, Canada is a big hockey nation. They have tryouts, but at the end of the day, they're just like, we have certain people they are going to be on the team. Cause we want the best shooters we got. Yeah. to bring home medals like that why are Especially we with the, with that government assistance though like if yeah you know, if you're saying like the u.s and canada like oh hey so I, yeah i know you just beat taylor but like guess what you don't get to go anyway you know like it doesn't work that way right i mean like you know you win your spot you pay your spot so i mean that's why you know there's no um 
you know, free rise, not free rise, but like the government assistance kind of thing. So like, you know, that kind of gives the, the Federation the kind of reign of like, this is who we want because we're paying for you. Yeah. Right. Instead of like, oh, hey, I just beat so-and-so. I earned my spot on. There's really nothing you can do because you're paying for yourself. So I say, yeah, here's my money. I'm going kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it, it's so American, eh? They probably look at your system as so communist. That's <laughs> yeah. your government pay, your government pays you commie. <laughs> and I say, my God, they are so capitalist. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the money, baby. Yeah. But, but we're, we're also very straightforward. Like it, I don't get to pick. It's not Bill and Arian's excellent yeah. national team. Okay, it's yeah. it's you, you excellent win, adventure. You, I swear yeah. to God, I thought you were going to say that Bill and Arian's excellent adventure. You guys are too young to know that, baby. But. <laughs> You, you win almost... you win nationals you get to go if you don't you go to alternate list by the uh the rankings and that's how it is so there's like no politics involved with it but also that's how it is for like the most of the bigger countries where you have a lot of lifters competing for those spots and they take a full team whereas for some of the smaller countries where you like you're not sending a full team and stuff like that you're more like you know a, a friends like you're a you're a group and stuff like that and you know each other okay we're gonna pick these people even though maybe they couldn't do nationals or maybe they're competing equipped they don't have time to do the raw side we'll be able to fit them on the team and we do that for our u.s team for uh the north american champions often because that's a smaller event a lot of people don't want to go and we can send as many lifters as we want on a non-scoring uh part of the uh, event so we will sometimes send people who haven't maybe haven't done like a full, full power meeting in years but they want to break the bench record so like that we'll put them in but there is still uh, there is still stuff about USPL uh, that in France we are like really no oh no. yeah like what? give it to us yeah <laughs> are you sure yeah pay either I'm like really Can we say like, that again that your coach have to pay to be there like with you on the oh yeah I'm like really no way. No. So, so during during COVID right now, sorry, during COVID right now, um, at the local meets, some of them are upwards of $50 for the coach oh. to be there. Oh, goddamn. Uh, for me, I'm sorry. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, that's... that's like, <laughs> yeah. How much USPL make, like, each year of benefits and stuff like that. But, like, but that, that doesn't go to the... <laughs> USAPL that one goes to the meat director yeah okay. but... um, anyway hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tell me that anyway this this money goes somewhere but you have the lifters who represent your country and you didn't even pay anything for them I'm like no no way it can't be I'm sorry it can't be they have to pay for their travel they have to pay for their food they have to pay for everything and they are representing your country and you don't give them anything? No way. I'm sorry, I can't understand it. They're, they're re their reasoning, I mean, whether we agree with it or not, whether we like it or not, part of their reasoning is, well, one of the reasons is powerlifting is not a big sport. Like, you know, the U.S. team anyway, win it. Anyway, we are sportsmen, women, and we present your country, even if it's for. <laughs> but, it, but it, it, it brings us no money i mean the trophies are sitting right here in my room but the other thing is the other thing that they've, they've said is is that when we send the team okay out of all the the champions we send we send like let's say 400 lifters in a year 
but we have over 22,000 members. They don't want to charge the 22,000 members to pay for yeah. the expenses of the 400. Some people see that as social, socialism. And like Communism. you said, we're, we're, a, we're a capitalistic society. So they would rather yeah. have, they would rather have the 22,000 where maybe 20,000 of them only compete at local meets. They don't care about worlds. They don't care about any of that stuff. They just want to do their meets, pay for their own stuff. They don't want to be paying for our <laughs> national team. That's what they say. I don't I'm not saying I, it's right I, or wrong. I love yeah, it. I mean, something like business, you know, like, I'm sorry. I, I don't get it. I, I love how the, uh, we see the difference between like cultures where they yeah, say like, yeah. <laughs> where it's like, you can't take this money for these. Uh, that's equal. What do you call it? Uh, equal outcome outcome or whatever the shit yeah yeah that's communist yeah. talk that's communist yeah talk. you know ryan you talk you you when you refer to me you you say the leader of the french revolution but i that's think right. we we actually have the leader of the french revolution here leah bavoil and she's, she's got actually, some ideas right now yeah she, <laughs> she's gonna yeah, liberate she's the, the u.s she's yeah, gonna liberate she's the, the revolutionary <laughs> I'm, now, I'm just a chill guy <laughs> now i think what what ryan was asking um is if USAPL does give any money, there's no direct money that goes to lifters, but some things are subsidized. For example, some of the cost of the out of meat testing and like the national office doing all the paperwork and everything like that, that costs like, you know, labor hours to do it, some of that. So for however much it costs to send a lifter, it's actually more than what the lifter pays for the, the team fee. And on top of that, USAPL does pay for the coaches to go like they yeah, pay for yeah. for me and Bill to go and stuff and they pay they pay for the referee that has to go because IPF demands a referee or else you can't get your full scoring points so they are paying for some of these other things um, that are involved with it like same thing with France you have to have the coach with the certification yeah. this and that yeah, yeah but you know I think in a way that was like totally okay some years ago but right now uh, the top guys on the US team are like giving a lot of support to the USAPL, you know? So yeah. you, know, you could say, I was just, just going to say, you know why it's, it's yeah. even, uh, it's more okay now why? because SBD USA pays for all the top lifters now. SBD? What, what? Uh, SBD, yeah, SBD. So SBD is already paying for their expenses and some other things and giving a yeah. prize money. So now it's even more okay because they're not complaining anymore. Yeah, I see. But I mean, in a way, you know, you, you could make a point where you're like, okay, every top guy is giving some love, some, some, you know, some exposure, some whatever to the federation. And so because somebody sees Taylor Atwood at a national event or international event, they'll be like, oh, I want to compete in that guy's uh, federation or division or whatever. So in a way, you, like you said, 22,000 people won't pay for a, a, a selected few. But if those selected few are the best your sport has to offer and your federation has to offer and they give back to the federation in terms of exposure in terms of memberships also you Not know you, sure. you can be like it's you know it's fees mutualization in a way and you know you you know you guys know how it works uh, when you go to worlds or whatever you it's just like the airplane and the hotel room so it's not you know, it's not 10,000 euros. We're talking like maybe if it's far away, et cetera, et cetera, maybe a couple of thousands at most for one athlete. So it's not like it's, you know, a huge yeah. amount either. Right, yeah. it's not one, it's 16, it's 16 open athletes and then another, you know, yeah, yeah, 55 yeah, sub-juniors and juniors. But, and but well, you could you, masters, right? You could do something where you say, okay, at least only the open. And here's, yeah. to, to Penn's point, yeah. I do think it matters that 
like they will be quick to use like a Russell or he or, or a Taylor Atwood sure. or whoever on any promos or whatever they have. And um, if disagree. For, if for sure, oh, they won't use them. I, I mean, well, they, okay. And then <laughs> just disagreed with the contrary. And then um, it definitely matters. Like, in terms of the overall good, how many people are going to sign up because they come across a Russell or sure. or Taylor Atwood or whatever? In terms Disagree. of like, in terms of, they're essentially like, okay, can we mute this? Actually, I'm going to have to. Let me put your watch this guy for me, would you? Um, but uh, in terms of like the drawing power, when you it's essentially like a sponsored athlete at that point, where it's like they, like there's a reason why companies sponsor athletes, the reason why SBD will sponsor all these national champions. They want to give back to the sport, sure, but you sponsor an athlete because of what they do for the sport. Like Leia Babel, look what Leia has done for powerlifting in France. In terms of federation, you'd be like, my God, man, let's 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 put some push behind her. So you could kind of see where it's like the 20,000, what is, what do we, why would we take any funds and, and give it towards the national champions? Like, wow, man, also though, if you have the best possible national team show up and you ensure that yourselves, how good the u.s team does and everything they put forth like i remember going into sweden they had the freaking national team and they were like dressed like the avengers or something like a comic book and it was way over the top promo but it's like you guys are like you know you're gonna use them so you'll you'll i don't know i don't want to get too into it because i think uspl does help their as, as you sign that little membership card they can do whatever they want with right so this this is it where it's like <laughs> that, that contract that no one else no one reads Right. <laughs> that everyone signs up for and pays but, to be the pay to pays to sign the contract. But I, I, I understand what you guys are saying. The the, the thing I, I don't understand because I'm not from from marketing or advertising is how can you quantify what the return on, on investment is of Taylor Atwood winning worlds? How can you say how much value that is to then say okay it's worth it to pay him a thousand dollars because we'll get ten thousand dollars in revenue. So I, I don't know. It's hard to do that. And maybe it's easier for SPD to do it because if Ray Williams wears a headband at the Arnold, they get 10,000 people asking where I can buy this headband. But if Ray Williams says, hey, join the USAPL, how many people are going to join the USAPL? Um, so it, it, it's tough. I think if you see, I think it's pretty close. You know that the athletes um, show, like they are the, comment dit la vitrine, de like the showcase like they're the the front on the front view of of the of the thing you're mentioning they represent you at word in meet and so i don't know that something maybe just uh because they perform well you can do um like oh okay if you hit gold i will give you one thousand dollars i don't know that something like that just something uh -huh. I, i was gonna i was gonna add in that uh during discussion that they did start doing that I think it was 2018 or 2019 they started doing that. I don't know if they're going to continue it, but they still are doing it, I think, only for open division, open age division for bench press, raw and equipped, and three lift raw and equipped is if you won top three. And then for some of the teams, they did it if you if you won at all, your weight class was they gave you your team feedback plus like $500, something like that. So they did start doing that. Some of the people start posting about it. Like I think Natalie Hansen mentioned it. I think maybe... Uh, one of the raw people mentioned it. And a lot of people don't talk about it either. They're, they're, yeah, Jake, they're, Jake got Amendola got his from Benchworks. They're, they're, they're getting whatever eight hundred and seventy-five dollars back, but not a lot of them are advertising it. That's I, I think the problem is different for you guys uh, for Team US because, like you said, it's like four hundred athletes. Us in France, it's like twenty guys at most. And you, and you and you give the open people money, and instead of everyone being happy, the juniors and masters and sub juniors complain. Why don't I get the money? That's okay. Yeah. 
We should live with that. <laughs> Sorry, Leah, you were going to say something? No, I just want to say that um, if you don't have lifters and top lifters in your federation, your federation doesn't exist, so you would die. So I think it's working both ways. Like you, you need to, I don't know, like just to take care of your lifters, your top lifter and stuff like that, because I say that they represent your federation and stuff like that. But maybe just, I don't know, maybe we are French and we have different mentality from US and, and North America. I don't know. But and yeah, I think also we're smaller. So I think, I think it's definitely a different mentality too. Like when we talk yeah. to, to Rory Lynch from New Zealand about how they run meets New Zealand, it, it like blows his mind that we run meets in the US to make money. He's like, we run meets in New Zealand for $0. We just run in a gym. Someone volunteers their time, runs the meet, and that's how we run meets in New Zealand. And I was like, if you did that in the US, like people would stop running meets. <laughs> that, that's the same in France, actually. Like when you run a meet in France, the only uh, amount of money that you'll make is from selling sandwiches, basically, and Cokes and whatever. You won't make zero, you will make zero profit from running a meet besides the maybe few, few things that you will sell there. Maybe you sell a t-shirt there. Maybe you sell, you know, some Coke, some beers, etc. That's the only money that you'll make running a meet in France, even nationals. It's a whole nother world, fellas. Listen, they still use pounds. Okay, they're savages. Keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what you're dealing with here, for God's sake. But, um, but uh, geez, I got to watch myself here. But uh, I'm going to be worse than Bill is after this fucking podcast. <laughs> I start off the next podcast. I like to um, apologize, apologize to our American listeners. <laughs> to, uh, but uh, yeah, um, and and talking about, I also we got man, we've been chatty Cathy's because um, we have some game like an over under game to play, and uh, we're we're creeping up on like two and a half hours here. But um, is there some people? How did the other lifters do? Real quick before we move on to some of these games, we're going to do. A little, a little preview of what Team France is looking like. Penny, you gave us last time a pretty good rundown. Leah, you might have a couple of people in mind as well. What is 2021 looking like? Uh, I, I go for girls. Like in uh, 47, we don't have anyone. Like I'm talking about the Open first. Okay. Um, open 47, we have anyone. 52, we have Noemi Alabert. 57, we have Carole Dissuné. 63, we have me. Say 69 for the moment. We don't have anyone. Uh, 76 either and 84 either. And after it's eight, plus 84, we have Amélie Merger. Um, so we will see. We will need to wait for nationals to see if there will be other lifters um, in open uh, in the other weight class. Uh, and in junior, they have a huge 57 who is coming. Really? Uh, Who's this? Chad Jacob. I think she can win word. Like she have, she have her shot. Um, you have to check that out. She can pull on the deadlift bar that will still stay still for six solid seconds. Like you can watch six seconds, constantly pulling. And then at the seventh second, the bar goes off the floor and it's like... And she locks it up. <laughs> like in the warm-up room, I was I was uh, warming up and I was like checking real quick. And I think she pulled like two solid seconds straight on her warm-up, on her like third or fourth warm-up. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going to happen on the platform? And so 
on her first pull, she, it got up to five seconds before the bar came up the floor. Second pull, six seconds. And then se third pull, seven seconds. So you'll see her warming up. She'll be like, okay, she's going to bump out. And then you'll see the, <laughs> the thing on the board. And you're like, how did she even manage to put 30 kilos on that? So yeah, she'll be a monster for sure. Thanks for the heads up for Worlds. Yeah, you, don't, you, but you know, you know it's happening, but it will still happen, you know. If you hit like your deadlift, you come back, she'll be like, what's the rule? Uh, 69 junior we have um clara perro and after his junior junior um tiffany in, in 43 kilos tiffany. Oh, yeah. i seen tiffany i reposted tiffany and i think the 69 as well i've reposted i'm not going to be able to say her name like you do but uh <laughs> i know i've reposted her as well and she's really good too yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know them. No, we have a we have quite a solid uh, woman team. I mean, junior and and open. And, so. and and real quick, um, I believe it was Emily or was it Emily the eighty four plus? She yeah. I mean, she, she got she's been at internationals. Has she not gotten at least a bronze at Europeans? And like she's done she's done well in in the international. I believe it's her. Like she's yeah. solid bronze in Sweden. I believe. Yeah. Did she as well? Okay, there. Yeah. I, she made bronze in Sweden and she won European. Yeah. She won European, yeah. One European's got bronze at Worlds. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, I knew she was world class. And um, I think Naomi got third overall in the 52, like all time. And there's, I got DMs from some credible people. I'm not going to name drop, but some credible people who are like, she's a serious threat to join Namani in 2021. <laughs> is moving to 57. Oh, she I'm is. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she might. You know what? No, I think I had Joey on the on the podcast. You're I, I totally blanked out on this. Joey said on the last podcast, I believe, that she's gone the 57 and not returning to 52. So now, holy smokes. Uh, and actually, Naomi's um Naomi got her second squad uh called for depth. So her Third squad was not the third planned actually, uh, and she ha she had some room uh, on the deadlift also because uh, we just made the switch to conventional really lately. I think on the two last blocks, training blocks, so she wasn't really sure of how far she was able to pull that conventional. And seeing what happened, I think she's going close to the two hundred kilos. So I think that all was in with some room in reserve on especially the squat and the deadlift listen joy is a deadlift demon and yeah. she never pulled 200 kilo and 52 kilo she always wanted it she moved up and she got it when she's a 57 but she never got 200 kilo as a 52 if naomi can do it and uh, again it's and conventional at and conventional. just about <laughs> to say not many people go from sumo to conventional and, not many and actually improve and actually improve and improve their, yeah yeah yeah, but you know that happened because uh, she wasn't feeling that great on her sumo, and uh, we were training conventional for like a substantial amount of time. But it was always like some assistance for her sumo, and at some point, especially on pivot blocks, uh, we were trying out to see what she she was able to pull. You know, just to have some fun and to change things around. And she was always pulling something close to her sumo. And some weeks ago, she told me like, "Hey, Ben, I really want to try." to see how far I can push my conventional. And 
just do conventional and we actually made it and it was actually a great call so yeah <laughs> bill were you gonna say something no i actually what i thought was interesting is how many lifters she knows on the national team and i actually want to ask arian like do you like if you we asked anybody on our national team like they wouldn't be able to list half of the people half as many people as leah just so <laughs> named Amer off right? so american yeah. No, but seriously, like it's really cool how they're, they're very much, you know, seem close and like yeah. she knows all these lifters. Whereas, like, you know, if you talk to, you know, name you know, any one of the American lifters, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I think I saw him at Nationals one time or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's Even just a completely different thing. I'm pretty sure I can tell all the women open, but junior and sub junior, I, um, I won't. <laughs> I mean, you named yeah, a couple, you know, of, a couple saying, of juniors. You know, like so many, so many more than any of the Americans would. Like, I mean, the, the other Americans don't even know the other open lifters, some of them. So um, just because it's not it's not like a like a team thing like you guys have. Like, it's more of like, you know, 16 individuals coming and we're trying to corral them to, you know, do some squats, bench and deadlift, basically. Whereas yeah, yeah, a, you guys really created something a little bit more than that. I have the team meeting and only David Wilson shows up. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is, this is so stereotypical, you guys. Um do you think, I was just going to ask really quick, do you guys think the uh, the people running the French organization, whoever's a selection committee, would put some of the junior lifters into open to fill out your open team? No, I'm not they sure won't. about that. Yeah, ah, sure. damn. That's tough. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they will for multiple reasons. Um, first, they would much rather fill, um, fill the open with somebody that they can see improve as an already open than a junior that would probably place higher in the junior division. Uh, but I don't think it ever happened that a junior was, let's say, a top three contender uh, in the open division, uh, at inter uh, internationally, obviously. If that happens, which I don't see that happening right now, maybe, I don't know, since every weight class is getting like way deeper. So I don't see it happening right now um, because we see juniors hitting like absurd numbers in every weight class possible so but maybe if that happens that's that's the only way it will happen like a junior that's top three pretty sure in the open then they will maybe fill that spot uh, with the junior but otherwise i don't see it happening it'll take someone special yeah um leah because you do know so many of these people like like the lifters have you ever thought about at some point doing coaching on like a national team like handling and stuff or are you just like right now this you're not thinking like even down the road uh like coaching like personally or on on the uh, uh, national like team like for a world like even, not even taking on clients because i know you have a day job but i just mean if it's the world championships like down the road i think some kid would lose their mind if like leah bavo was the coach like if you're I, i'm sure about that <laughs> not like it it, oh, for sure. Listen, I remember um, the Canadian national team for hockey. Um, they put Mario Lemieux on the team and he was captain and he was like way old. And some of these kids like were like, when we showed up to the Olympics, we were intimidated by Team USA. But when Mario Lemieux was with us, it was like bringing your big brother to a fist fight after school. <laughs> you're like, who on it? Who on it? And I tell you, um, if you're like a 15 year old girl or a 15 year old boy, you're walking in, you're intimidated as shit but I got Leah Babois with me and all of a sudden, like, what's the, man, what's I, 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 I like it. 
I think it will be a great experience to to do to manage to handle features in international platform. I think I will like it. I think That's... it will be stressful, but a good a good challenge. Yeah, I mean, like even maybe not right now because you got a lot on your plate, but down the line, even because you know if you like paying attention and you like, you know. I mean, you're a teacher too. I mean, it's, it's right up your alley. And obviously, you know the lifters and whatnot. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. Sure. How about you, Pennant? You ever thought about that? Because you are a personal coach and you've done handling yeah. at meets. Um, you're usually on the international team, so it makes it tough. But let's say again down the road when you don't have to worry about competing yourself. You think about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'd really enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's easy because uh, like Leah said in France, everything is like super structured. So it wouldn't be easy, but I think I'd personally enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these two fellows can tell you it's rewarding. It's stressful. Yeah. It's a lot of work. You do all this scouting and whatnot, but it's, you guys seem to be having fun, but it is, I've seen you, I've seen national team coaches that in the moment are like, holy shit, this is stressful. <laughs> right. But, but it's, but Leo would be like, listen, kid, I'll help you warm up, but we're going to put the yellow plate on top of the green plate on top <laughs> of the right. blue plate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doing it my way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah she would do way, that. Kid. Yeah, yeah, she would do that. Oh, you know my way? I remember something. We will coach you hand stuff. That's right. That's right. And then, and then Pana would be like, if someone complains about the weight cut, he'll be like, yeah, but did you die? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I died three times, kid. I died three times. It's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Like uh, he threw up many times while working out and it wasn't a big deal. So that's right. if you threw up during your water cut, then that's not a big deal. That's right. That's right. Um, and okay. And how about the men? Pana, have we, who we got that we're looking at? Men. Um, to be honest with you, I think there are like, there were some huge performances. Um, so I'll try to not forget anyone uh, that stood up uh, like that crossed my mind so basically uh first i think one of the most impressive lifters uh is malik uh triolet he's a sub junior 83 he was 16 years old the day of the meet and he turned 17 the day after so he had the goal to deadlift 300 kilos in 83 at 16 years old sadly for him um it didn't happen that day he came really close but didn't happen that day he still totaled 705 kilos as an 83 um sub junior um and i think he still has a full year in the sub junior so this year plus the one afterwards so we can see how bright the future is for him so he's like a super strong dude um so that was great seeing him um in the juniors, there are like some huge lifters. So there's uh, Richmond Biden. Uh, he's an 83, 93, like he's heavy for an 83, but way too light for an 93. So I think he doesn't still know himself where he'll place, uh, but he's, he's still totaled 777 kilos uh, at 87 or 88 kilos of body weight. So which is like super impressive. He didn't bother um, yeah, he didn't bother at all. Like, he didn't bother by a huge margin, for instance. Yeah, he so. really... Bill's going to tear him a new <laughs> yeah, one next yeah. podcast. Maybe... Bill's Bill, like, maybe, put a pin in that next yeah, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe you can you can give him some love for the next water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm weight. making a note. Bill's, Bill's <laughs> like, oh, watch this kid. Two weeks two weeks before, please, uh, for the podcast. That's uh, right. <laughs> that's right. But, that's right. But, yeah, he, he did something great also. Um, then we had the 105s uh, with my good friend Corentin, who is coming back to the 105 after a year in the 120s. 
I think he totaled 8.50 something. Um, he didn't bother to go to wait either. Mm. Uh, it's a French thing. Yeah, it's a French thing, definitely. It's we 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 all got inspired by Leah. Hey, so. no, no. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, then we had uh, another lifter who, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Nicolas Perrault. He's he's the brother of the '69 uh, junior girl. He totaled 820, and he did bother to get weight to 105s. Wow. Um, so that was a great one, also. And then, um, then there's my man in the 59, uh, Julien. He did the European qualification total. So we'll probably see him at, um, at Euros this year. And so that's pretty much it. So I think it's uh, really the... Suleiman. Ah, oui, Suleiman. Uh, yeah, there's another 83 guy. Um, he, he totaled right under 700 kilos as an 83. I think he, it was his first official meet as an 83. Uh, but yeah, I, the, the junior team will be like stacked. How about uh, Paul in the 74s? Uh, yeah, as an open. Uh, yeah, I think Paul did a good meet. Uh, he, he didn't handle that well his water cut. Uh, another th French thing, obviously. Uh, he didn't come to me for advices, so <laughs> he didn't throw up, but yeah, he... I think he, he didn't go the way he wanted to, and he totaled like under 690, which was oh, which is low for him. Sorry, I forgot some woman too. My, my, my bad, sorry. Uh, Shizuka, too, uh, in 52 kilos. Um, she's with Noemi. And another one is Melodie Antoine in 57, too. But I don't know if you, because sometimes, um, if you are very close, they can um, send two lifters in the same weight class, but sometimes they don't. Uh, but for sure, I think Shizuka, she will make it. I don't know for Melodiantra because there is um, uh, Caroline Sune, who is way better than her. So we will see what happens. Mm. Yeah, so I think for, like I told you guys at the beginning, I think the open female gym will be like, a top contender for sure in the coming years, like whether it be Worlds or Euros, because pretty much I think soon, soon all of the weight class will be, will be filled with like a top, a top girl, obviously. Uh, I think the junior team also, this way, female and male will be like incredibly competitive uh, in France, because I think everybody's getting like motivated just by the other ones, you know, they see, they see each other, they see, the other open guys or even internationally and they're all like okay we, we, we are going to make some damage so i think this little meet showed that the junior and the junior op um, male and female will be super competitive in france and um uh, when you're talking about that one kid i swear to god i thought you were setting yourself up when you said um the day of the competition he was 16 he had such a good performance the next day 20 fucking seven. <laughs> 27. Yeah. I, I see him grow into a man in one day. That's how good it was. It was beautiful. But like honest, he, he, he got like super, uh, super hyped up for that because he was like, oh, I'm going to be the, the only 16 year olds, years old, 83 kid uh, to deadlift 300 in a competition. Like, you know, everything was set up for him and he had that huge plan. And he's a guy, he, he puts a lot of heart into into train, into powerlifting and training in general. So 
yeah but still you know 705 for it and 83 16 years old dude yeah. it's just it's it's so cute it's it's so 16 eh? it's like uh, yeah, yeah. there's your first big yeah. disappointment in life kid get yeah, ready but, yeah get ready but, there's a lot coming let me you know tell you. i was i was also hyping him up because he's that guy and i was like you know if you miss it on the platform don't worry we still have till midnight till before you turn 17 <laughs> and you can still go back into the warm-up room and you'll hit it there and just a fun story to to tell you guys on that uh so tiffany the 43 junior uh so she hit 146.5 i think on the platform for her third attempt um which is like the world record uh deadlift and so she was feeling that that great and she came to me because i'm coaching her and she was like oh Vanna, i want to try 150 in the warm-up room like can i do it and i was like yeah for sure go ahead and the um, coach of the team friends heard that and he said like oh no no don't worry i'll ask for a fourth attempt on the platform right after leah's attempt because it's a world record and we we just want to make that happen for her you know and so he, he goes there and he, he talks with the referees and they're like, okay, you know, it's just a meet for us. So yeah, go ahead and oh, let that happen. Oh, okay. And so after Leah's last deadlift of 225, you know, with everybody going crazy, Tiffany came back on the platform to hit the fourth deadlift and she hit that 150 like it was a second attempt. Cool. You know what? Leah should have been like, who the fuck is going to take my? You know hey, that. You hey, know that. Excuse me, me two thirty. Give me two thirty. Yeah, I want two thirty. I want two thirty. No, Are we man, doing this? Are we doing this? Uh, two thirty. I'm not joking you. I'm not joking you. Leah came back like five minutes after. She was like, "Hey, why did Tiffany did, uh, did another attempt?" I was like, yeah. "Yeah, you know, we talked with the coach, and she was like." Yeah, why can't I deadlift two thirty? Uh, <laughs> Everybody's like, "Oh, this is the thing now." All right. <laughs> I was I was grabbing all of uh, Leah's top attempts for the for the video that I was making, and I was trying to find all her attempts, and I was like. I was like, why is this girl going after Leah? Like, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. But but they also had the next flight was the men. So imagine like the men waiting to get their turn to start Dallas. And the girl's like, no, I want a fourth attempt. No, I want a fifth attempt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wasn't even the end of the meet. It was like, yeah. That's funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our group was to go uh, then for the deadlift. So it was so fun to see. And, you know, when, when she talked to me and she was like, oh, I can do that in the warm up, like, there is no way in hell I was thinking that the national coach would come and be like, no, 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 don't bother. She'll do it on the platform. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, how is everybody doing for time? Can we play this game? Is everybody okay? What's I'm okay. Billy, you okay? Leah, yeah, you course. okay for time? Okay. Um, first of all, Arian, before we did, was there anything else on your list that uh, you said you wanted to bring up and cover before we move on to our over-under game? No, nothing important. I think we knocked out all of the main stuff and we spent like two hours on water cutting. Yeah, man. But th listen, let me tell you something. Whenever I have guests on and I'm like, give me your questions or topics, they always say, give us a, wa a water cut story. People love that <laughs> shit. And can I say something? It was, it's really fun talking about water cut stories because they're crazy. And you guys had some good ones too. Like um, everyone loves a good water cut story. Okay, sir. What is the uh, over under game we're going to play this day? I forget. Uh I mean, I guess that leads in right into the overrated, underrated, uh, because the first one, I think the topic was water cutting strategies. Or water, is it water cutting itself? Not the strategies, but water cutting itself, right? Because we, we, we can, we can open up because I think Pana wanted maybe to open up of like, you know, how much people know about water cutting and like whether uh, you should water science? cut or not. God. Yeah. You know what? Let's do both. Is it, is the science behind it overrated or underrated? like getting a water cut coach and practicing it. That's a good debate. Some people think 
I, I shit you not as crazy as is. Some people are like, just show up, do your thing. And you don't need a water cut coach. You don't need to practice whatever. And is what, uh, yeah, let's do it. Who wants to go first? Sounds like you do, Ryan. All right, let me go. First. <laughs> um, I think 100% the strategies and everything behind it. Yes, it is. It's, uh, I say it's underrated only because I don't think people fully understand. Like you should get a coach that can help you guide you through it. I did it once without a coach. I did it once with a coach. And when you're at the very bottom of what you're doing, you <laughs> I Penna will be able to tell you and Leah probably as well. Some you feel almost zombie like when you're that dehydrated. You're almost like someone take the wheel here because I'm not, I need I you need a spotter at times if you're in a tub. It helps so much for somebody to handle the protocol when you're at the bottom. You're just like, you're not thinking right. It's weird. You feel like a freaking zombie. And if you're in it by yourself and you have nobody to bounce ideas with or nobody to turn to that's when the cortisol levels go up, the stress goes up, your body actually retains water. It's tough, man. So in terms of the strategies, having a water cut coach, or and if it's your if it's your powerlifting coach who knows how to water cut cool, that actually lays out your strategy for you. At the very least, you've done the data together. The same way, for instance, Penn is writing your weightlifting program, taking in your numbers, and then adjusting. Giving you more stuff to do, takes in your numbers. How did that go? And then adjusting in, in training, you could do that with Penna and he takes in your numbers and might tell you, all right, I've been, Cal I've been working on this. When the day of comes, we know what to expect. I got you. So when you're deadhead and, and you're depleted and you don't know what the hell's going on, I'll start steering. And for somebody who has done a water cut, I remember people trying to talk to me a certain time. You're just like, I'm sorry. You got to repeat yourself again. I'm sorry. I'm just you know, you are like a freaking zombie. It's hard to describe how mentally depleted you are as well. Um, so I think the strategy is huge, way underrated, not respected enough. If people respected it as much as they did, they wouldn't try to do it themselves. They'd seek a professional, whether it's not, whether it's your handler, cause he's going to be, he or she's going to be there or at the very least, um, you know, whoever's writing your program goes along with it. Cause I've heard about people doing their own water cuts, not looping in a, a someone who's coaching and fucking going to the world championships and never making weight. Things like that happen. Don't let it happen to you. That's the worst case scenario. And then in terms of is water cutting overrated, underrated as itself, something you should be doing? Here's my thoughts. If you make it deep enough, <laughs> Leah's all smile. She knows what I'm being dramatic. It'd be funny. It'd be, it'd be funny if Leah, Leah you should have did this. <laughs> like oh here we go <laughs> oh fuck I, I call i call that her beachy face <laughs> and she, she was smiling she, she has some faces she's like really you, you, don't, you want to go that route with me and bill like, got a oh. couple bill got a couple <laughs> yeah she, she, i think they can have a, a contest because leah's a good one also yeah she can feel you small but um, uh, what was it saying here? Oh yeah, in terms of cutting weight. Okay, so if you get to a certain level, national level, and you're fighting for a national team, um, your national records, or you know, or certainly the world championships, you're on the national team, and you're going international, Europeans, uh, you know, worlds, whatever. You got to start thinking about it. If you're at that level, but if you're at a local level, and you're just doing local competitions, 
do you have to do what Penn is doing and die three times in a, ba- in a hotel bathroom like a rock star? <laughs> it, it was a little more than three times. <laughs> you know, unless, you're a rock, unless you're a rock star on tour, you shouldn't be dying in a hotel bathroom, my friend. Okay. Um, not for a local meet. If you're, if you're literally aspirations of making an international team and you're a national champion, and this is like, this is a whole nother, you've got the government paying for you, et cetera. Yeah, man, I think, I, I think it's, I'll go for it. So here's what I'm going to say, and I hope it's not hypocritical. Mm-hmm. I think as a whole, weight cutting is overrated. Only because as a whole, most people don't need to do it. 95% of the population of the world is never going to go on a national team. And they're picturing themselves being Pennant and Leah Bavois, but they're not Pennant and Leah Bavois. They're at a local ho- competition. There's no records involved, nothing involved uh, on any level, except to have fun and just participate. And they're putting way too much pressure on themselves and they're acting like it's the world championships and it's not. And um, they're going to be in the game for maybe two, three years and then leave and just enjoy yourself as much as possible. If you're going through this pace and that's what it is, and you're a weekend warrior, don't worry about it. It'd be overrated in your head. But I say that if you are an international lifter, you're going to the national team and you're not looking at that, you got to have these cards on the table. Then it's a whole nother ball game. I've pictured a whole nother ball game. That's why I say that. It's a lot to cut weight water and a lot goes into it. So I got an over and an under. I'll let you, I'll let you guys go. Who wants to go next? Who got next? I have, zero, I have zero comment on this whatsoever. So I'm just going to pass it on to the rest of you no, guys. Well, you got to oh. have some kind of idea. What do you, you really? Not you answering know? the question, my friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Arian. Un- unfortunately, I have to agree with you. Uh, I would <laughs> what fucking kind of lead in is that what is... For, for, for all the viewers that hate Ryan. Unfortunately, I agree with him on this. Time. When it comes, when it comes to water cutting strategies, I think it is underrated. I think a lot of people do, you know, like stupid stuff that they may have heard someone say, or they read someone online. There's people that like, you know, starve themselves the entire week. And then, and, and like, they don't have any kind of protocol on what to do after they make weight. And so it's important to have the strategy of, what is the research out there on how to actually deplete your body of water, whether it is from the muscles or depleting your, your gut and getting all the food out of you. And then also what is the fastest way to recover and put everything back in your body um, as far as like fast carbs and electrolytes and that stuff and, and not slowing down your digestion. So I think a lot of people just like don't understand it. And so it would be helpful to yeah research it or hire someone something like that to really hone it in and get that part down. Cause your training could be perfect. You can be doing everything right. You can have the perfect game plan of what attempts you're going to do everything like that. You screw up that water cut and now you're dehydrated. The research still shows your strength is going to be down. It's going to be down 5%, 10%, who knows, but it's going to be down. Um, and then I agree with you again on, on the whole idea of water cutting. It's kind of like people see what the elites do and think, Oh, I have to do the same thing. Cause if they did it, then that's what I have to do. But it's like, that's not what they did necessarily get there. And I think for younger lifters, whether you're younger in absolute age or in training age, you're actually holding your potential back because people are trying to force themselves to certain weight classes. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, whatever, 19 years old. I have to be a 59 because that's where I'm most competitive. And they're holding themselves out back from developing muscle mass and building up into six sixes or 74. And we're actually kind of seeing that with the number of 59s where they're saying like, Oh, I can't make weight anymore. 
Once they got old enough, Cole Metz is like, yo, I can't make anymore. Charlie Yang is like, hey, I can't make way anymore. I have to go up. And so they they may have held themselves back if they had just done that earlier on. Who wants to go, Pena or Leah? Jetsu, you ready? I do not. So I think it's overrated, I think. Uh, beginners, like I, I already, um, already um, uh, hear beginners talking about what occurred and stuff like that, doing it for meat, and I'm like, you are only beginning, so just don't do it. Just build, build a total, be your lift. You have something else to think um, before which weight class we where I can be competitive. Um, after I think it's already about with uh, I don't know how to explain it, but with junior assume junior because they want so much to be in that weight class because they are competitive at the junior and sub junior. So they're gonna make what occurs and do a lot of stuff to be on weight. And when they are open, they can't do it anymore. And they didn't build something like with their weight to be in the in the higher range of weight class. I don't know if it makes sense. No, I know. Yeah, I, and I agree with you as well. If you're a junior, it's kind of like what Arian's saying where you can just eat and grow. You're at an age where you need to, your body is still growing. If you're trying to like, yeah. So I think I think you can you can do it, but at some point you need to think like further and say, okay, I need to be something in open. And if you are always uh, restricting yourself to be in that weight class to cut, and after there is a time like you are growing up, there is a time you can't do it anymore, and you need to think like, okay, in in open I might be in the weight class, I in the higher weight class. So I need to start to build total and to build my leaf and stuff like that. And you need strength, you need muscle, you need, you need fat, you need, so you need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think, I think that for overrated and underrated, I think about elite lifter um, with experience. Like when you, when you are already an open, I think you can try and improve your, your watercolor because there is a lot of benefit to do it. Um, but, but you need to learn how to do it. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to try like for world championship and you never tried before. Like, I think you need to try like for milk meats or at local meats or stuff like that. There is less, um, less things involved in. Um, like, um yeah it will be and i think it's stupid when people think that it's uh easy to make and not risky and they don't think about the refeed or they don't think about stuff like that so you really need to follow a protocol and know how to do and um and just be prepared for for anything like it can be super great like it can be like you you have to think for the worst you have to be prepared for the worst when you cut so it's what I have to say. Uh, you know what? Uh, you make a good point. This makes mock meats. Some people don't see the value in mock meats. And sometimes maybe mock meats can be overrated. That's a different discussion. But the one thing that mock meats do, if you are a water cutter, like if you are water cutting, at the very least, it gives you valuable experience. And not only that, but to 
then you'll find out what a refeed's all about. If you weren't taking protocol seriously and refeeds and et cetera seriously, okay, you made weight. I also want you to lift and feel how you feel lifting in the actual mock meat. Oh, you don't feel so hot. Now you know about the refeed. Now you're taking it seriously. You do a couple mock meats all of a sudden and it puts the value of mock meats way higher up. Now you're like, all right, now we're going to tighten up our protocols, aren't we? Um, Penna, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, right on that last part. I just want to say that I've been doing like, maybe I did two or three mock meets this past year. I can't remember. And so people were like, hey, man, why are you, why are you doing this? Why did you put your body through that with no reason at all? And the reason for me was plain and simple. I just want to get better at my water cut strategies. So I tried some pro different protocols, different refeed strategies. Also, like you said, lifting into that phase and that state is a totally different story than just doing a mock meet, like without any water cut involved in it. So, yeah. Um, but for the general topic, so I'd say that, um, like you said, Ryan, and yeah, I think everybody on the panel agrees with that. Um, the, the strategies are underrated. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to get like the best scientist in the world to, to write your water cut protocol, but you have to have somebody that knows how he how he's doing things and what why he's making you do this and that at that moment and not that moment and like you said um you're in a total totally different phase and mental state uh during that phase so you have to have a, a solid written protocol and not going like oh, okay so i'm going to do this and do that um like everything solid and written but also to have somebody that you can count on uh that's super important uh that mental and psychological support is really key because you're you're going to be stressed out during a water cut phase because wow. your body weight will like do like the yo-yo thing and one day you'll wake up five kilos over your weight class and you're like oh okay so that's it you know and then the next day you'll wake up maybe two kilos only heavier etc so yeah a lot of mental things are at stake so i think you definitely have to have somebody and somebody that knows what he's doing um, so that was the underrated aspect. For the overrated aspect, I will be less, um, I, I won't be in your side, on your side, Ryan. So we can give those uh, Ryan haters some some of that food. Um, but There's why is that? To be honest with you, I think that um, for some people, uh, local meets are like worlds for them. You know, we all love that sport so much. And I'd be like, if somebody even if he's not a competitive athlete, not a beginner, I'm, I'm talking competitive athlete, and he wants to do that because he wants to be in the shoes of the elite guys or even for himself because he's a, you know, an underdog that, that really likes to, to grind his, his stuff, then um, why not? You know, uh, I would say that obviously it's in, more interesting to do that if you're a top guy or a top girl and you're that at that level of competition, then yeah, for sure, you have to do it for me. Um, but even for less competitive guys, I think it still has some value because if done correctly, you obviously minimize the risk a whole, a whole lot. Like Leah said, the risk is never zero, but it's like with everything in life, you know, if I cross the streets right after I'm going to walk my dogs, if I cross the street and I get hit by a car, you know, um, I'm like, the risk isn't zero. So the risk isn't zero with anything in life. So I would say that, but obviously you have to make the math and be like, okay, so I want to make that for that reason, because it's dear to me um, to go, to go 
that route for my competition and powerlifting experience. So then I would say, okay, go ahead. Um, but yeah, for the beginners, I totally agree with you guys. 100% overrated um, because it, it costs you way more than than you can actually benefit. Uh, I, I totally see the reasoning behind it when you're a beginner or a guy coming up and you're like, oh, in that weight class, I can be top guy. Maybe, you know, I can get some recognition, etc. That's great. But you also have to think in the long run. And when I say long run, I don't mean 10 years. I mean, two years, three years. And you can really have some of that hold you back a whole lot. And just to give you a quick example, Malik, uh, the sub junior we were mentioning before, the 83, uh, a year ago, he was a 66. Holy sugar. Yeah. And as a 66, I think I have to check, but I think he didn't even total 500 as a 66. Oh my God. So he added 200 and something kilos to his total by going up two weight classes in a year. And so he went from a guy that didn't even win nationals in France to be like, I think he's probably world record total as a sub junior. I have to check that. I, we oh, would have wow. to check that out. But yeah. So, and what happened was he was restraining himself too much to be as 66. I don't think he did water cut then, but he was restraining himself way too much. And so when he gave that, the body, his body, what he needed and what he wanted, and as a 15, 16 year old, year old guy or kid, you know, you still grow up super fast. And so he went from being a 66, not being competitive at all, to be like a super competitive 83, even, as, even at 16, 17 years old. Yeah. So you have to also get that in your mind. And yeah, so for those particular athletes, I'd say it's also overrated to water cut, but then for the more experienced athletes, I'd say it's probably underrated, but it's maybe also because the water cut strategies are underrated, you know? So if the water cut strategies aren't underrated and they're well uh, exploited and well experienced and well documented, then you can definitely make that change and gain some momentum based off of that and have that in your cards. I will add something for underrated. Like I think people, uh, when they don't do it, or we are just talking about it, and it seems easy when you talk about it. It seems easy, but I think people don't realize how it can be hard mentally. Like really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I told you that story, Ryan. I have to, I have to send you that video out. But um, there was like a little uh, documentary on Chris Cyborg. Yes, uh, I see it. I see and it. man she's crying in the hot tub and i'm like this woman gets paid to crush skulls and she gets also her crushed skull her skull crushed and she cries in the hot tub and you know whenever i see somebody having a rough and a hard time in a hot tub or sauna or whatever i'm like man don't worry that machine that killing machine (laughs) was crying in a video so you can feel great about crying right now because every human being on the planet would cry in your situation so that's rough i think yeah people don't realize how how hard rough can be i think you know you're not a superhero because you're doing water cuts but you have to have that mental fortitude and like Ilya said at the beginning of the podcast you have to have been there at least once to know how it feels and to be like okay i can make it happen or it's too much for me and it's not for me i uh and one thing i'll say in terms of what i said about um local meets I'm just saying it would be overrated for somebody to do something if they're not actually at a national level, but I'm not saying they shouldn't. Everybody is allowed to do whatever in their body. Listen, you probably shouldn't play football. 
you probably shouldn't <laughs> box. You probably shouldn't do MMA. You shouldn't do wrestling. But you I shouldn't not, power lift. Shouldn't <laughs> yeah, power lift. Hey, in a listen, way, in a way. <laughs> for real. Or do bodybuilding, what they do to their bodies in bodybuilding. Like, they're, like we're, you know, I get it. If someone's like, yeah, I got you, but you only live once and I want to do this. I wouldn't say, well, you're an idiot. Like, that, like, I'm not that guy who thinks, like, I know better than you what you could do with should do to your body. Someone will be like, do you drink on weekends, bud? Because I don't think <laughs> you should do that. Like, you do whatever you want. We're all adults here, right? Like, um, there's a lot of things we do, right? So, anyways, I'm just saying overrated in terms of what you're probably accomplishing. Okay, right. But if you want to do it and you're like, I want to live life, man. This is just something I want to experience. And um, I want to grind. I want to. I want to feel what it feels like to have one of those fucking stories. I yeah, want I Arian. I want to be naked upside down. Messy <laughs> whole man. Are you kidding me? Cutting your hair. <laughs> I want to be fifteen dudes deep in a hot tub in a Turkish bath. You know, I want one of these stories in my life. It is what it is. Yeah, so, man. anyways, listen. I think we look. This was a. a oh, sorry. Go ahead, Leah. I will say it's underrated about the refit too. We didn't talk about it, but we are in IPL and we only have two hours to refit. We don't have like the one who have one day, uh, one day, like one full day to refit. So it underrated for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could do everything right, cutting the weight and then you don't refeed properly and it's all out the window like Arian. I think everyone actually said this, but um, Much appreciated, everybody. That's three hours that, uh, we banged off. Uh, it's the I pre- look at it's Saturday night too. You gave me your Saturday nights, and the UFC is going to start over here. You guys probably aren't going to stay up to watch this kind of funny business, <laughs> but well, maybe Penis stays up all night like an owl, but like a ninja. But uh, you know, some guys, some guys are, are asking me if I actually live in the states. Well, dude, you <laughs> yeah. are you are up all night, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, look, much appreciated. We banged off three hours easy. Like, I swear to God, we could have done another three hours if it wasn't, you know, Saturday night. That was good. That was fun. So good luck to both you guys. Um, and thank Thanks. you, uh, Big Bill and Ari and Messi Kamesi, as usual. Um, you fellas are the A-team, and we're going to reconvene again shortly, I'm sure. We'll keep in touch, okay? Next next competition, whatever, we'll come back on. We'll bang out another one and see how far you guys lead the French Revolution. Well, then <laughs> Belarus, we'll all get a drink together afterwards. 100%. Yeah, hey, listen. Yeah. Listen. It has happened. Wait, wait, yeah, wherever we'll be. If it's Belarus or whatever the hell, <laughs> let's freaking... We're, right, yeah. we're going to have some We're gonna have some cocktails together and we're going to celebrate, <laughs> all right? Yeah, all right, sure. everybody. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Talk later. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, man. See you. Bye.